Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 122 of Beer Nuts, the podcast adjunct series. We are back in the building. Very special episode tonight. You might notice, if you're watching, we have a microphone finally after, I want to say, of the adjunct series. This is 122 episodes, uh, and we did fucking at least... 159 of the first series plus a whole bunch of other stuff in between so a lot of a lot of episodes we use the portable microphone whenever we were at a brewery but now we have the sexual one for right here it was bothering me that uh we had as people on the podcast that had better audio than me i'm like god damn i really need to get on this it never felt necessary so if anyone has any feedback let me know i'm excited uh i just like using it it's nice it's going to be kind of weird to take the beer selfies because now i've got to move shit around but Either way, I'm excited for it. I hope the pods sound better. So, of course, as always, this episode is brought to you by our good friends at Manscaped. Let's give them some applause right there. So, spring has sprung, and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped you tidy up the nooks and crannies of your body's basement. I like that. But this year, Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Oh, shit. Make sure you look your best this spring by using code BAOS and get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. So, the beard trimmer. Still have yet to try it just because I don't want to have hair and nonsense all over it whilst I'm showing you guys this thing. So it's time to tame your mane with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The sun is peeking back out a little bit, uh, which means you have to show your face in the daylight again. So use the kit to make sure your scruff looks award-winning with you. Got glorious beard flow, like boom, you see the vibes. Um... Awesome, smooth, sleek cheeks. The kit starts off with a beard hedger, waterproof cordless trimmer with a rotary reel that gives you 20 hair cutting length with one guard. Look at that, mate. That is fire. Uh, I keep, I really have to figure out a new way of doing this because I look up and I lose my spot. God damn it. Um, oh, yeah, with one guard. So no messy drawers full of add-ons. It also comes with titanium-coated T-blades that are tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency. That brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel-sized package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. I imagine this would fit the same charger as the um, the main lawnmower, the the bowl trimmer, as it were. It looks the same shape. Um, the the next the kit has liquid goods to make you feel good, starting with the beard shampoo and conditioner which is this bad boy. Oh, you see the vibes. Yes. And the conditioner. Oh, yeah. This is like a, looks like a bomb type of thing, which is super interesting. Uh, you can't treat your beard like you treat your pubes, guys. Come on. That's why the kit has a special shampoo and conditioner, especially designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, and replenish your beard's natural oils and promote beard health. The Pro Kit also has Manscaped Beard Oil. I've really been like, wanting to use it, but I've been holding off. I probably could just use this. Uh, the nutrient-infused oil relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin beneath while still adding a little shimmer and shine to liven up the look. Uh, cap it off with the beard balm. I love these things. Beard balm is sick. Uh, a pomade that shapes, styles, and moisturizes, bringing the amazing scent of eucalyptus, Australia, uh, rosemary, and lavender essential oils. Not to mention the Beard Hedger Pro Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. This is my favorite, the brush. Looks like a little shoe cleaner brush, you know what I'm saying? Get this little fresh for the pod. Uh, so, guys, save 20%. 
and get free shipping with the code BAOS at manscaped.com. That's 20% and free shipping with the code BAOS. Shipping always pisses me off. So yeah, free shipping is pretty amazing. And then 20% off is lit. BAOS is the code. Focus on the face and use the Bead Hedge Pro Kit for the cleanest look in the game. All right, y'all. So make sure you cop that. Uh, hopefully a bunch of y'all got a full Valentine's Day just passed. So this evening, uh, we have very special guests. This is the gentleman I have known for... I actually going to talk to him about this. I remembered the other day how we met and when and where we met uh, for a number of years. I think it's like five or six years now. And we have connected with traded beer. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, we got to hang out again after a few years. Uh, it was really great to reconnect. And this dude is a legend in the, uh, the Western New York beer game. He knows everything about it. Everyone knows him. Please give it up for beer writer and just a beer like... What what do you call it? Like it's just like a, a just a man of the in man of the people, man of the the industry, a man of the world. Will Cleveland in a building. <laughs> Welcome, you beautiful hunk of a man. Man, what a great introduction! I should just like record that and just you know when I'm walking into a new room or something, <laughs> just play that and just like you know come 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 exalt me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, that was awesome. Thank you. For, I thank love you it. for the kind welcome, man. A, a genuine yeah. pleasure, man. Uh, you're you're a legend. Yeah. This is this is. Un- Do you remember when we met? Because I I couldn't think of it, and then the other day it hit me. Do you remember? It was either at Tappan Mallet in Rochester, or it was at the old Collective Arts Festival in Hamilton. I think before that, before that, and I I thought okay, the we, same thing. Oh, did we did we meet at Bellwoods? Yes, that's what it was. We were at the bar okay. at Hayfest right. right. Road, yeah. talking to God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, oh, the legend. He, the legend God, shouts to God. And he was always like, if I came in and he would share with me some of the beers that you brought him, he'd have some crazy other half. And this was before I was traveling a ton to get, I think it was 2017, if I'm not mistaken. 2018 latest, but I'm pretty sure it was 2017. It's It's been at least five or six years for sure. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. And I, I completely forgot about that. I, I, I thought about Liquid Arts and Aura was in Rochester, but I knew we knew each other before Rochester because otherwise why would we agree to meet up in, well, that's not that weird. <laughs> we spoke online. Either way. Yeah. It's been a while. You are, you know, you're based out of Rochester, New York, which is just around the corner from uh, from the Canadian border. Yep. So you're also very familiar with the scene up here. You know, you've attended all the festivals. You, uh, you know, the breweries know you. You know them. Um, it's very cool, man. It's cool to see all the stuff you've done, even since I've known you and and been watching what you're doing and stuff. It's been really cool Thank to you. Yeah. You know, see the shit you've been putting out, and you know, you're doing a lot right now, dude. Busy man. I'm keeping busy. Yeah, I mean, I I started my own newsletter um, about ten months ago uh, through Substack. So that's been fun because I was a um, journalist in Rochester for fourteen years, actually writing about um, the Rochester Police Department and, and cops and courts and things like that. And then um, for the newspaper Rochester, and then left that career uh, actually just just about a year ago. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, and then was and I was the beer columnist for the paper too, and I, I've done that since. 2013, 2014-ish, so almost 10 years of, uh, of of kind of chronicling the the Western New York beer scene. And yeah, my wife was like, you know, I took a few months off. She's like, you're crazy. You should, you know, get back into doing that because you love it and people seem to enjoy it. So here we are. I love it, bro. It's uh, empowering to do something for yourself as well. I thought it was cool. Substack yeah. really kind of popped off over the last few years, I think, because a lot of journalists. Yeah, it's great. It's such an awesome platform. Yeah, man. And you can monetize so it. So easy to use. Yeah, exactly. It's very, very cool. So we're going to get into all of that. The beers that we both selected tonight, obviously, 
I just came back uh, a couple weekends ago from uh, the area where we all hung out, and I had yep. a metric fuck ton of New York beer, which is a just a godsend. It has been glorious. Yeah. So we chose the same beers like based on my stash, and we tried to yep. represent some breweries that you have personal connections to. Um, which sure. is very convenient because I happen to have beers that either you traded with me or I just picked up or whatever it might be. Yeah, it worked so out beautifully. It worked out super good. And when I told you I had this first beer, you were like, why the hell do you have that? We were at Mortalis with Jared yes. and the squad yes. and uh, they yeah, had yeah. them in the fridge. And after, we'll, we'll get into it because we went there. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, you want one? I'm like, yeah. And I took it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to take that shit back because yeah. I was excited to drink yeah. it. Tell us about this first beer. Um, so first of all, I'm going to disappoint you because I just realized that I have no Jenny Light in my fridge, which That's is okay. crazy because I am I am proudly the number one consumer of Jenny Light in, in, in Rochester, <laughs> New York. It's my it's like the beer I grew up on, the beer um, that you know that that just made me fall in love. One of the beers that made me fall in love with beer, you know, because it's just like the perfect lawnmower beer. But um, so people who don't know Genesee, it's the oldest brewery in New York State. Yeah, uh, dates back to the 1870s. Um, and, uh, so to, to, to do it upright, I got to let's see if I can do this in the camera. There we go. I got a Genesee Ooh. cream ale. So I'm still, still, still rocking a Genesee. That's um, perfect. Yeah. So I, I actually that meant would, to that get that. Suffice. Um, no, that's yeah. absolutely well, suffices. Cause you guys well, told we, me it was available. Yeah. yeah. Well, when we cross passing, I'll make sure you get some, oh, um, but Genesee light is just a, it's a, it's a classic. It was kind of, uh, Genesee, which is, you know, a, a pretty well-known regional brewery. Um, it was their answer to, um, you know, the, the Miller light that was kind of setting the craft, the beer world of, of, of flutter and a flame, you know, in the 1970s and uh, officially came out in 1979. Um, yeah. and it's just been in production, you know, uh, steadily since then. It's now one of the brewery's three flagships, um, with, uh, with, you know, the Genesee cream ale, which dates back to 1960. I got to figure out, there's the camera, uh, which dates yeah, back to 1960. Um, the Genesee Red Eye, which is just the Genesee premium, you know, adjunct lager, um, you know, cross, classic American adjunct lager that dates back even before then. And then the Genesee, the Genesee Light, Jenny, Jenny Light, as we all, you know, affectionately call it. Okay. Um, but just, just one, one of those just great warm weather beers and just one that you can crush a million of and just, you know, not feel like a complete and, you know, total moron. So that's a good stuff. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm actually really excited yeah. to try it. I've known about these guys because of you. So I was quite um, amped to, to try them. And we actually went there. We were at, uh, hang on, take the photo. Yeah, you went to the brew house, right? Yeah. We did. You had to go, but we went with um, yeah. with Jared from Mortalis and Zach from Other Half. Yeah. Um, first of yeah. all, cheers, brother. Pleasure. Yeah. Same. Thanks for your... having me. No, my honor. Um, exactly. Hell yeah. And it was across yeah, the street. Just, we're at Fifth Frame, and it was across the street. Yeah, you literally across the street. Yep. And they wouldn't yeah. let the dog in. There was the only place in in all yeah. of Rochester yeah. and anywhere we went that wouldn't let uh, the dog in, even with a uh, service <laughs> a harness. But it's okay yeah. because me, Jared, and uh, Zach went in. The girls just waited in the car real quick for us, so I got to try the mosaic cream ale. So that's what you're having there with. And oh, honestly, so good, so good. It was yeah. impeccable. I was so impressed. I was like, yeah. I knew I had too much stuff yeah. to bring back. So. Tell yeah. me a little more about the yeah. beer. So this is, says 1878 for the brewery. This beer came out in yep. the 70s. It is uh, 4% even. Um, so it's kind of like a just what, – what would you call describe? So just a light lager, really. 
it's a, it's a classic American light lager. There's, you know, it's not yeah. one of those beers that you got to sit there and, and, you know, dissect. It's, it's just something that you're going to sit there and crush with the, with a group of friends or after you mow your lawn or, you know, any of those, you know, things that just kind of want to quench a thirst. Um, it's, it's, I, I love that beer compared to a lot of light lagers. I think it has a lot more flavor actually. Um, you know, it still has that, that, uh, that classic, you know, adjunct lager corniness that you would expect, you know, with, with the adjuncts they use in it. Um, and it's just, it's just a, it's just a great beer and it's, it's something that you can always find fresh around Rochester, which is nice. And, um, you know, Genesee's really had kind of a resurgence in the last 10 to 12 years, um, especially, especially locally, uh, as they've invested, you know, almost a hundred million dollars to modernize the whole facility. Jeez. Um, you know, they opened that Genesee brew house where you were, um, in 2012. And that's been really cool because it's like one of the places that you can, um, it kind of stir, you know, it's got the beer museum in there. That's got like just all the crazy Jenny history. And, um, it's awesome because it's, it really serves as a gateway to the brand. Not only do you have that, you know, if you go up on the third floor, you have that spectacular view of, of downtown Rochester and high falls, you know, over the Genesee river there that, that cuts right through the city. You know, how many, how many cities, um, have just a gigantic, beautiful waterfall right in the center of it. And, um, so the the brew house is cool too because it's just like I said a gateway to the brand and um you know the Jenny campus is like 28 acres I think but it's not a place that's really set up to be friendly for tours because it's just it's kind of meandering and like labyrinthine it's you know it's it's maze like um really um because it's been you know built upon and then rebuilt you know since you know, for the last 145 plus years. Um, so, you know, they can't really do public tours because it's not, you know, firstly, it's not really uh, the safest place, you know, because it's, um, yeah. And so that's why the brew house is cool because they have a 20 barrel pilot system, you know, which still makes them one of the, actually one of the bigger craft breweries in Rochester. Um, but it's a place where they do a lot of small batch stuff. Um, they'll do test batches for beers they're thinking about brewing, you know, on a larger scale, um, you know, whether it be for, for Jenny or, or Labatt. Or um, you know any of the other brands that are in that Jenny uh, portfolio there, um, you know that are owned by the a Costa Rican company called Fifco. Um, mm. So yeah, it's just it's 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 they've the brew house and Jenny have really had a resurgence and it's been really cool to kind of see people um, you know really identify with the brand and really um, kind of develop a, a pride in Jenny that you know was always there but it's kind of been amplified over the last few years um, especially with with people of a younger generation you know because I mean everyone's grandfather's always drank Jenny but it's cool that um, that people kind of have more of an affinity exactly yeah interesting so it was obviously yeah. um, it was bought by the Costa Rican company is it still you mentioned it's craft is it still technically craft in that sense because no it's not um but i but like if if we're talking about like like you know craft like you know small breweries that have like a craft mindset um i I kind of consider genesee to be two breweries because you have the brew house which is that 20 barrel system and then you have um right across the street um in the same complex is the big jenny brewery that's a you know a massive you know german built 500 barrel system where they're doing a thousand barrel batches of beer um, you know, it, it's just, you know, obviously a, a behemoth that's, you know, in the top 10 biggest breweries, um, in, in, in New York state or I'm sorry, in the country rather. Um, I think it's, it's crazy. either seventh or eighth, um, you know, largest brewery, um, which is kind of cool for a regional brand. Cause you know, they don't really have a huge reach. Um, you know, they, they're kind of, kind of in new England and, you know, like the mid Atlantic, you know, like, uh, Pennsylvania and Ohio and states like that. So, um, it's, it's, 
it's fascinating that like a, a regional brand has persisted um, through everything that's gone through, um, you know, over the last 145, almost 150 years. Interesting. Okay, that's really cool, man. And it was like, to me, I, I like I've noticed there's, you know, people have a passion for brands like this, like in Quebec as Labatt 50. It's not really even Labatt as much as 50 specifically. And, and all, I've always seen you talk about the cream ale that you're drinking right there. Um, which is, uh, I, once again, I didn't have the original, but the mosaic version was more yeah. money. Was fa- oh, mosaics. That's a beautiful so beer. Yeah. It, yeah. It Especially when it's super hyper fresh. Yeah. Um, I, I guess it probably yeah. would have been yeah. from the, the brew house, I imagine. Oh, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's where they're making fresh. it. Yeah. 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 And like, I like that there's something about this. Like, I feel like I got it immediately. Like, I understood. Sometimes I, like people got, like, I've used the yeah. 50 in videos to, to as like a prop. Yeah for macro beer and people get real mad at me when I shit on macro beer and happen to use Labatt 50. And I never really understood that kind of passion for it. But for some reason, the way you always spoke about this and posted about it, I was like, I think the Labatt thing kind of like painted the picture and was like, oh, okay, that's kind of what he's getting at here. There's this brewery that, you know, you, it's like it represents the area. Like, would you say that it's synonymous with Rochester? Absolutely. It's, it's, there's a lot of pride. It's hometown. It's, um, you know, it's, it's part of the Rochester fabric, um, in Western New York, really. I mean, you know, you might see that, you know, Buffalo might identify more with like Labatt Blue, um, but they're all part of the same company now, at least in the U.S. You know, Labatt Blue is still produced, obviously, in, in, in Canada, but, um, some of the other like Labatt seltzers and, um, you know, they did that Labatt Citra a few years ago. Um, those are all made at Jenny. Yeah. Cause it's all the, all, all of the same, all under the same umbrella um, of the Costa Rican company that has the U.S. rights to the bat. Understood. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So this kind of, yeah. it's 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 very interesting. Well, I guess at first it felt interesting to me that someone who really represented craft beer in the area was so passionate about a beer that I I imagined that it was macro, but I guess it's macro yeah. because it's bought out, right? It's, it's not- ma- I, oh, I mean, it's macro. I mean, it's it's you know, it's it's you know, if we're looking at the the. The Brewers Association, you know, the Colorado Trade Group, um, you know, a definition of craft beer, um, you know, it's less than 25% of your brewery has to be owned by some sort of outside entity. And obviously, in Jenny's case, they're 100% owned by a, a Costa Rican company. So there's no question that they're not, you know, a craft brewery by that definition. But gotcha. Jenny's always just been such a great uh, a big brother to local beer. Um, what they do is just really kind of remarkable. They um, they do monthly uh, tasting panels with with some of the local breweries, so they'll they invite all the breweries in. They can learn how to t- taste off flavors in their beer, and then they also have you know free and unlimited testing, um, so they can like so if they if they want to you know check checks the yeast health of a beer or or any of those things, um, Jenny will I'll bring you in, and for free we'll you know do all these tests for you, and you can learn more about your beer, so you can figure out you know like what are we doing wrong, what can we do to make it better, and um, they've been just instrumental in really um, helping build up the and just the the foundation of roster beer, not only, but just making sure that all of the other guys are, um, you know, making quality beer because I think they understand that, you know, if, if all the places in roster are making good beer, it's going to make us a destination. It's going to, you know, invite more people to come visit. I mean, obviously, um, look, look at you and Tiff, you know, haven't, haven't been here a few times now. So, I mean, it's just, it's just awesome. Um, and, and you, I don't think you're going to find any people in roster anymore. We're going to say any bad things about Jenny, uh, especially, um, with, with their current, the, the way they're currently constructed because they've just been so good to other breweries. Um, and, you know, so 
I think that says a lot about the not only the parent company, but it says a lot about the uh, the, the people that make up the brewery. You know, there's I think what mm-hmm. 550, 600 employees there, and they have a lot of pride in what they do. So yeah. that's sick, man. I loved hearing that. And another thing, I was just sort of as you were talking through that, and I'm sipping the beer. I'm like, knowing that it's a macro, and I knew that. I guess you, know, you told us on the day that we went and visited, yeah. but the it doesn't taste like a macro beer. And I know I've got, I don't know about you, but I am a little bit, you know, cautious. It's not really my thing. I'm, you know, I really yeah. proudly support craft beer, but this is like, yeah. it's like a quintessential light lager. That's got none of those strange flavors that macro beers tend to have that I personally not into. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like that overly corn. I, I do, or... but I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, there's, there's corn in that beer, um, but it's, you know, and sweeteners, but it's just, I don't know. I, it, I, maybe it's just because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm brainwashed because I grew up in Rochester and, you know, it's, it's something that, that, you know, my friend's dad would always drink and all the firefighters that, uh, my, my one best friend's dad was a firefighter and that was, you know, like the, the firefighter beer of choice. That was the, like the, one of the first that we, you know, stole from his fridge when we were, you know, underage. Um, so, I mean, it's just, you know, stuff like that. It's just, it's, it's nostalgia. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's pride. It's, uh, you know, and they, they know what they do really well. They make really good lagers. Um, that's what they're constructed to, to, to make. And, um, I just, I mean, I, 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 you know, I think macro beers have their place, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a little more budget friendly. Um, sometimes you just want something that's, you don't have to think a lot about and you can just kind of enjoy, um, you know, over, over a few of them with the conversations with friends or whatever. So, um, you know, it's, it's obviously I, I want to do my part to support craft. Um, you know, that's very, very important. Um, I want to make sure I'm supporting the little guys and, um, I do that as much as I can, especially with a lot of the things I write, but also, um, you know, there's, I don't, there's any shame in just drinking what you like. I like that. That's actually a uh, really well said, it's no shame drinking what you like. Would you, what would you say the percent, this is just out of general curiosity, what's the percentage of what you drink overall? Like what sort of percentage of that would be Genesee? Like if you, in general. Um, I'd say, probably say like maybe 20%, um, you know, a, a decent amount. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there's pretty much always going to be cream ale or Jenny light in my fridge. Those are my two favorites. Um, you know, everyone kind of has their favorite. I'm, I'm Jenny lights, my favorite. Uh, most people tend to like the Genesee red eye. Um, you know, there's the, this, the straight up Genesee lager, mm-hmm. um, that tends to be really popular and the cream ale is obviously really popular too, but, um, Jenny lights always been my jam. Um, but you know, it's just, it's just a nice beer to pop open when you get home from work and you're just like, I just need to sit here and relax for a few minutes. Um, and you know, the, the, yeah, it's just, it's not something you have to think about. I keep, I think I keep repeating myself there, but, um, it's just, I'm just, I'm just a big fan, big fan of that. No, it completely makes sense, man. And I'm, I don't know, for some reason it just, I get it. I get it. And it's fantastic. And I feel like if, I don't know if we have anything like this here that would be in that macro world that I would drink. I can't think of anything. Cause it's all the local stuff, I don't know, Canadian, which is hot garbage. Any of the Labatt products, not into. I mean, like Fair. Heineken or something. Heineken's always great. We've been drinking the Heineken zero alcohol yeah. beer. I'm really into non-alks right now. And that, the Heineken that's non-alk. a really, really, really good beer. It's really like, fantastic. Among, among the not among the non-alcoholic beers, especially, I think they they Jenny makes an NA that's actually really good. That kind of mimics the flavor of of um, of the Genesee Red Eye. But um, that that Heineken Zero is is really really good. I'm a big fan of that one. 
Okay. That's, that's got me through some some dry January. Yeah, I love that. Yo, we wanted to get some non-alcoholics last time, and I kind of just got distracted and, and didn't get anything. It'll so happen. Now, oh, it's, a, it's around the corner now, so now you can just dip in and, and try it. We're just trying to try some from yeah. everywhere. But okay, that's really good to know. Yeah. So, shouts to Genesee. Oh, yeah, I even kept the uh, I kept the cup from the, the thing. I, <laughs> I don't know why. I just thought it was Solid. cool. I don't know why. I just, I'm just kind of sold on it. Like, I don't know why. I think it was partially because of your cosign for it and just going there and having that cream out. And it was just so good. It was so good. And I could, I wish we had more time. We were sort of like yeah. rushing around all day trying to. Yeah. In as but much I'm as happy you got the stuff in there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just want to, I just want to be a champion for what I like. That's, that's what it boils down to. Um, there's a lot of great people at Jenny and I think the products are always been, have always been top notch. So, Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, I, I don't it. think there's any shame in that. Yeah. Absolutely not. This is great. There's no other way to start the pod. I think this is perfect. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about roster beer. You got to do the roster originals. You're goddamn right, we do. Yeah. So, yes. your beer history, do you want to walk us through how you got into craft beer and then how that sort sure. of, you know, how your sort of career in beer sort of uh, progressed? Yeah. So, um, I went to undergrad out in Montana, actually, um, at the University of Montana, Missoula. And uh, my best buddy when I was out in Montana lived across the street from this really, really fantastic uh, craft brewery called Kettle House um, that has ma- made this, this scotch ale called Cold Smoke. Um, it's, you know, multiple time medal winner at GABF. So just, you know, a, a classic of the style. And um, I just remember drinking that when I was like 18 or 19 years old and just like being blown away. I'm like, this is like, this, can, this is beer. You right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was Montana. It was, you know, I made, I made my own fake ID. It, it didn't really like, <laughs> didn't, it didn't. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a different, it's a, no, it's a different world out there, man. It was, it was so much fun. I had a great time, but that's where I went to journalism school. And, right. um, I just remember we lived across the street from this brewery and, um, my buddy did, and we would just get, go in there and, um, you know, this was like 2002, 2003, um, wow, 20 years ago. Holy cow. And, um, I think I went you know, growlers age. at that, yeah, Dangerous. yeah. I'll be I'll be thirty. I'll be thirty nine next month. So yeah, oh, actually okay. no, this month it's it's March now. Oh yeah. shit! But anyways, um, yeah, um, I can't remember what month we're in or when my birthday is. So that's a sign of an old man who <laughs> doesn't get enough sleep because of a because of a young baby in his house. But um, and the cat. And um, yeah. So I felt kind of fell in love with just like what this brewery was doing because growlers were like five bucks, uh, which was just crazy that you could get you could get four pints of beer for five bucks uh, in, in Montana at that point. Um, and it was just, you know, you'd, you'd go in and get two growlers and you're, you're set for the weekend, um, you know, for 10 bucks, which when you're a, a, you know, a poor college student, that was just, just brilliant and just mind blowing. Um, and there were just some other really great West coast breweries that were out there that were uh, just, you know, we drank a lot of Sierra Nevada pale ale. Um, we really enjoyed the stuff we had from Deschutes, especially the mirror pond pale. Ale. Uh, and then the one beer we always used to get the, the cheap, um, macro beer we used to always get out there was kokanee um you know like the the yes. west the west western canadian version of labat blue basically yes um which we we would just you know, we used to go to this place called the missoula club and you would get you'd get burgers there and you'd get a like a pint of kokanee and it was just like that was like four bucks for like a burger and a beer it was like you know or whatever it was it was it was awesome um so that made it really really opened my eyes and then um went to grad school in maine and just got exposed to allagash and smutty nose and a lot of classics up in new england um, really just, and then that was kind of when I had my first IPA that really kind of blew my mind was, uh, was Dogfish Head 60 Minute. And I was like, wow, this is, 
this is fascinating. Like this beer is bitter, but I love it. What the hell's going on here? Um, and uh, yeah, I just ended up moving back to Rochester where I'm from. And uh, from the worked at the newspaper here for 14 years. Um, and kind of, I guess you could kind of say, I grew up with the, grew up with the beer scene here in Rochester, um, and just helped tell a lot of amazing stories, uh, whether it be other half, whether it be Mortalis, whether it be rising storm, fifth frame, um, Rohrbach, which is the original craft brewery in Rochester. They've been around since 1991, told a lot of stories about Jenny, um, just been really lucky and blessed to do that for a number of years before I, um, you know, left the newspaper to find some steadier employment, um, and, and then started the newsletter. So it's just been an honor. Um, I think I've kind of developed a following in, in, in this area, um, for, you know, for breaking beer news and, you know, profiles of brewery owners and, you know, list of things that I'm enjoying or profiles of, of new and exciting beers that I think are cool. Um, and it's just, it's just been a real pleasure, a real honor, and, um, you know, over the last nine, 10 years to, to really be embraced and to have the, the luxury to, to tell those stories. So very, very fortunate. I love that, man. That's really cool. I mean, you were into it early then. Like I'm, I'm a couple years older than you, but the yeah. fact that you were drinking proactively drinking craft beer in like, Oh, two. <laughs> That's yeah, it. as long as my my parents don't listen to this, but um, they already know what happened. But yeah, um, I mean, it just it was, but I mean, it was literally the the brewery that we lived across the street from, so it was just easy and it was and it was good. We enjoyed it. Um, they made a they made a hemp pale ale that was fresh bong water, and then they had a um, they had a, a a hemp porter called old bong water. I remember That's just amazing. giggling my ass off that, you know, this brewery was making beers with hemp in them, but calling it bong water. And, you know, we would chuckle and snicker and yeah. So, um, yeah. They're so, ahead of their time. Yeah. So like yeah, it, for sure. growing up, so you, it's really cool that you got, it's like, it sounds like most people I know and even the brewers and that, I would say the majority, like I got into it properly in 2011. I was drinking a bit in Australia mm-hmm. earlier, but 2011. So it's only been like 12, yeah. 13 years from, yeah, 12 years for me. Um, being that you were you like you know twenty years deep in it, what made you obviously when you moved back to Rochester and you got the job at the newspaper? Uh, what was that called again? Something Chronicle, right? It's called the the, the newspaper is called the Democrat and Chronicle. Yeah, it's, Democrat uh, and Chronicle. Okay. Rochester's yeah, Rochester's oldest and only newspaper at this point. Um, okay. So yeah, it was just it was really cool because I spent the first half of my career working as a sports writer, and then the second half of my career um, writing about public safety and. Um, and yeah, sorry, my wife's off to the side here, just kind of grabbing at the table and seeing what beers I'm drinking. Hey, look, I might have a, I might, I, I might have a triple IPA chaser. Um, my buddy just went to Fiden's in Albany, um, and they're just Ooh. crushing the hop game right yes. now. And this is Ooh. their uh, a new a new triple IPA that came out, or it's it's been out a few times, but they new batch came out this week. Uh, triple vegan, a Citra Galaxy Nelson triple IPA, and it's just just absurdly drinkable. And um, working really hard to get them to the festival I'm organizing, but that's a, that's a whole other story, but, um, We're gonna get into that. yeah, so I mean, yeah, we will. Um, and I've just been very fortunate that I've been able to, uh, to tell these stories, but, um, you know, we had an opening for the beer columnist at our paper and my, uh, my former editor knew how much I love beer. And, um, she was like, you know, why don't you give this a shot? So I did three test columns for her that didn't actually run in the paper, but just to kind of show her what I could do. And sure enough, they really liked it. And then, you know, the rest was kind of history. We built a really huge kind of a following for, for local beer coverage, which was really cool because, um, you know, the former executive editor of the paper was really big into wine. So they always had a wine columnist, but I don't think it had kind of the same connection to the community that, um, that I was able to kind of, kind of build and, um, 
promote and kind of grow or foster whatever with, with what we do with beer. So that was always really rewarding. Um, yeah, just really lucky that, you know, I would have stayed in journalism if I could have, but, um, you know, sure enough, it's, uh, not the steadiest and most stable of industries. And, you know, with a young family, it's just kind of look out for yourself and figure out what you can do for your family that makes it, you know, what, what you can do to make it all work. And, uh, but we've been able to, uh, you know, still hang on to the beer writing gig, which is really cool. And, um, it's really, really excited about that. Yeah. That's, that's keeps awesome. growing. Yeah, man. Keeps growing. It. So, yeah, I want to, I want to yeah. definitely get on, on that as well. I would definitely talk a lot more about that. The, yeah. the beer writing thing though, like if you said that was about 2013, 2014, when you started the, yeah. the one, the paper, I think my first, I think my first beer, beer, official beer article came out in June, 2014. Okay. So, yeah. Um, but I started kind of working towards it in 2013, but yeah. Okay. And then really kind of took off at the end of 2014 and 2015. Okay. So being that obviously I'm in the similar-ish field where you sort of need to, you know, cultivate relationships with people and breweries and people in the scene. Um, I don't, you know, obviously there's probably people, I know we have a pretty decent industry um, audience, which would probably include fellow beer uh, you know, whether mm -hmm. it's writers, podcasters, YouTubers, you know, whatever it is. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's anything you can speak to, like how you started to like, you know, you're going to write about beer. Cool. So how did you go about like deciding what to write about? Or did, you know, did you start reaching sure. out to breweries to do interviews or did you get on PR lists? And yeah. Stuff? Like, some of that. that um, yeah. no, I, I tried to avoid like the PR stuff just because I, it always kind of feels disingenuous to me it's like you know someone pitching a story to you i mean did i get did i cultivate some good relationships you know utilizing some of the local pr pros absolutely but um you know those are the people that already knew my audience who knew that i could help like reach who they were trying to reach right um you know we've done that you know the form of some of our sponsored content through the newsletter um but it was always important to me that i just kind of not only you know be the person that's breaking the news so i mean, like i wanted to be the person that would um you know be the be the one who would deliver the the news that hey this brewery this town's getting its first brewery you know in the next two months or um, you know whether it's paying attention to the local town board meetings and in and, and zoning and stuff and you know just wow. doing like actual reporting or um, just getting tipped off because I just had a good a good you know web of of connections um, of you know of sources um, that would you know kind of tip me off to things um, but my goal was always just to tell like the human part of, of the beer. Um, you know, I'm not the most technically gifted or savvy person, you know, I don't have the best palate, but I can, you know, really work to tell stories and tell like, you know, what makes these people special? Like what makes them tick? Like, why are they trying to open a brewery or, you know, why, why should you be excited about this? Um, so that's always been really huge to me. Um, and that's kind of what I think where we've really, where we've developed the biggest following is just, you know, meeting the people who are making the beer, you know, adding, adding like a human element to it. Okay. So would you ever go to the brewery, just introduce yourself and say, Hey, I'm a writer. Oh, absolutely. On this. And then you just start to cultivate yeah. relationships and cause absolutely. this would have been yeah. pre, like it wasn't pre social media. I'm just trying to maybe paint the picture on, on what you would have done back then. Well, Cause my, when I, I mean, did it, it was a few years later, it was yeah. different times. Yeah. But I mean, so, I mean, I had a, I had a built in advantage because the newspaper I worked for is, but had, had, has been around for since, you know, since the 1800s. So it's, you know, the, the newspaper records. So there's some, some gravity that's built in with that. And then also, um, you know, some, some, um, access that you gain because of that, um, affiliation. Um, you know, people, people know, 
the Democrat and Chronicle. They, they trust it as a news source, you know, so I can say like, Hey, I'm Will Cleveland. I'm a journalist from the Democrat and Chronicle. Um, you know, that opens doors right there. Um, I think people have, you know, a, a notion of like what, what the newspaper is known for, but, um, you know, we'd kind of flip it around and say, Hey, I'm a beer columnist, you know, so I'm, you know, I can have opinions and I can, you know, um, I can help tell your stories. I can, you know, help you expand your reach because I have, you know, this, this big subscriber base that, you know, subscribes to the newspaper, whether it be for the online coverage or the physical newspaper itself. Um, so yeah, things like that. So, um, a a lot of it was, yeah, but I also developed a lot of connections too. Um, because starting about 2009, 2010, um, I was a member of the local homebrewing club. Uh, which is called Uniha, which is the Upstate New York Homebrewers Association. Uh, it's one of the oldest homebrewing clubs in the in the country. It dates back to the 1970s. So they have monthly meetings. Um, not I would used to I used to brew a little bit with my next door neighbor. Um, was never very good at it, but um, so I was able to build a lot of connections there because honestly, a lot of the people that were um, you know members of that homebrew club ultimately ended up opening breweries or working in the industry or, um, you know, would introduce me to people that were opening breweries, you know, like, I mean, you're, we're going to drink a Swiftwater beer in a few minutes and Andy Cook, the owner of Swiftwater, I met him, you know, five, six years before he opened his brewery because he was a member of the homebrew club. Um, so that's how I was able to develop a lot of connections too. That's fantastic. And that was even before, yeah, that was even before I was a beer columnist. That was just because I wanted to be nerdy about beer and learn more about it. Right. So just, you know, you were putting yourself in places to meet the right people to to really say, it's like yes. you probably your, your genuine curiosity for beer made your future career a lot easier because you'd sort of pre unintentionally uh, started to cultivate yeah. these relationships beforehand. And then all of a sudden, well, yeah. your boy that you were at the homebrew club with opened a brewery and then boom boom um which is this one right here which is very convenient i did not yeah. notice uh your connection to them by the way when i suggested this beer um this is oh it's perfect s- i'm happy you happy you did i can, yes. I, can, I, can and I can tell you i can tell you the history of this beer because i know all about it oh i love it i just want to really quickly say i i traded jared uh, uh who's a mutual friend of ours who works at um a brewer at mortalis i traded him for this yeah I don't know, last, like when, whenever, I can't even remember when it was. No, we did like a mail trade last year or the year before. Yeah. Whatever, it, yeah. yes. And he sent this to me. I didn't know who Swiftwater was. And I was like, oh, this is fantastic. Yeah. So when I'm in town, yeah. I was talking to you, talking to Jared, he was like giving me lists of places to go. And I think I told you that you were like, yep, that's all correct. I'm like, boom. Didn't want to go too crazy. Oh, yeah. and try J- to like Jared slowly. knows the same. Yeah. He knows it just like you do. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. we went to Swiftwater on the first day um, for some food. Uh, checked out the crispy boys, loved it. Uh, the food, the burger nice. was amazing. Um, oh, the food's so good there. Super good. Staff yeah. were lovely. Yeah. And I went to, we were like the yeah. last ones in there. It was a very snowy Friday evening, so it wasn't like rammed. Yep. And I uh, yep. went to the fridge. I was like, look, I can't bring too much back because I knew I was trading you. I knew Jared was getting me beer and I wanted to go buy a bunch from oh. everywhere. So I'm like, look, let me just get a bunch yeah. of singles. And I picked like five beers or something. No, I think I picked like four. I was like, let me just go four. Let me chill. And then they were like, oh, you need this alpaca kisses, their other IPA. I'm like, sure, yeah. no worries. And they're like, hey, take it. Now, they didn't know. Sometimes, that, as you would, it happened with you, being that you're a writer and people know you. People know when you have a podcast and you've got a following on Instagram that they want to give you stuff because they want you to post about it, which is completely valid. And they didn't know that I had the podcast, I'm pretty sure, because I don't think I told them. So then yeah, giving sure. me the beers was like – out of the kindness of their hearts, maybe because they knew Jared or yeah. something, potentially. Yep. But Legitimately sweet people there. 
I was just like yeah. really impressed with that because they absolutely did not have to do that. And I'm like, well, I'm going to do some content for you. So I was like, I really wanted to include one of their beers and tell that story here and like how impressed yeah, I was beautiful. with the space and, and the thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, dude, tell us about this uh, IPA. It looks like it's 6.8%. Yeah. yeah. So this is having problems finding my camera on this iPad apparently. There you go. Um, this is their uh, Swiftwater's flagship IPA. Um, when they first opened back in uh, January of 2015, um, they were Andy and, and Pat, who was the original assistant brewer there, were trying to kind of figure out what they wanted for their flagship IPA. So they went through um, a number of different um, iterations, um, and then they finally landed on this one. Um, and it's actually this is originally was called IPA Nine. They numbered all the IPAs. Um, so this was originally IPA Nine. And um, IPA 9 then became the flagship Swiftwater IPA. Um, I know they were kind of looking for something that was um, – I've always really enjoyed what uh, – my, my one buddy down in North Carolina opens a, owns a brewery called Trophy um, down in Raleigh. And um, they don't call their hazy beers like New England style. They call them modern IPAs, which I really like. Um, and, and, and I think this kind of skirts that – um, that line of modern IPA because it still has a little bitterness to it. Um, and it's not, you know, like the softest, juiciest beer you're going to have, but it's just a really nice flagship uh, IPA that's going to, you know, that's going to be something that people who want like old school West Coast bitterness or like old school East Coast maltiness, um, you know, mixed with like a, a, a sensibility of a, of a softer, juicier, more tropical New England IPA, um, and it kind of meets all of those schools. Um, so I would call this a modern IPA, and I think um, Andy and Pat, who who no longer works there, um, did a really good job of kind of um, finding a beer that um, could just stand on its own as a, as a as a beautiful flagship. Very cool. So this is their flagship IPA. Oh, for sure. Yeah, or I mean, they 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 make alpaca kisses quite a bit too. Okay. Um, and Which yeah, is so can, yeah, yeah, it's a great beer. Um, it, yeah, that like, was. I remember. Yeah. Go. On. Sorry, go for it. I was gonna say. It's oh, like I just remember East, I was gonna, Yeah, for sure. Shit. Yeah, absolutely. This yeah. looks similar, no? Cheers. Yeah, yeah, you know, because it's not. Cheers. Um, you know, because it's not. Um, Money. Actually, this is less bitter, less bitter than I remember, which is interesting. Mm. I haven't had this beer in, in, in a minute, um, so it's nice to revisit, and I'm happy I get to share, it, share it with you there. And yeah, um, yes, what, yeah, that works. But um, yeah, uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, we're, we're talking, talking about, about IPAs, the, uh, the um, B&B yeah, modern, the yeah. modern IPA, and how it's kind of like yeah. East meets West, so it's sort of like that yeah, because I mean, style. it's not. It's it's not you know the the juiciest beer. It's not the least malty beer. It's a nice kind of mix of all those things. Um, and it's just Swiftwater since since they opened has just has been solid since day one. Um, they they very very rarely miss. They do just a great variety of styles. Their traditional stuff. Their lagers are wonderful. Um, they make a like a Bud Light Lime inspired beer called swift light lime that i love there's a guava version that i think is just fantastic um i love their black lager uh, i mean just i'm just their hefeweizen is, is spectacular so they just do a great job across a wide range of styles and um you know uh, and do a great job of kind of focusing and featuring uh new york state ingredients too and um and just the food is, is, has been really, really great um, through a, a number of different chefs and um, just always a very small but very focused but very, really, really good menu. I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah. really, it's really cool to hear the history of all of this. So this one, by the way, has yeah. Mosaic, Simcoe, and Cascade. Um, yeah. And it's it's really interesting. It's like a, a 
I guess because it was a little while ago that I had it, so it was uh, I don't recall it like super super well. But it's great. It's like this nice like like you said. It's kind of like juicy and smooth, and definitely got the tropical fruit notes. But it's also um, a little pithy bit of grapefruit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's still I get like, a little I get a little melon in this beer too, which I always really enjoy. I can see that. Um, yeah, but yeah, but I think you nailed it with the with the pithiness mm. for sure. I mean, that's that's the you know that's the cascade right there. Oh hell um, yeah, and it worked really yeah, well, man. But, like alpaca kisses was very impressive. I would have called that because yeah. the the lady I was speaking to there just said it was kind of like she referred to it as like East meets West. And when I had it, I was like, okay, this I is love like that. an American IPA. So to like what you would consider, you know, not quite yeah. a West Coast and not haze, but yeah. kind of like this sort of in between thing. Which yeah. is fewer and further between as far as finding them. But when you get them, uh, I thought Alpaca Kisses was uh, was fantastic. And this is great, man. This is just like a nice little balance, particularly because the rest of the stuff we're going to have, like, yeah. I like it that they're all very different. Um, yeah, for sure. We, we did a nice job of kind of picking a, a good cross-section of, of, of Rochester styles. Next time we, we link up, I'll have to make sure you get some, you know, like some Roebuck Scotch Ale. And because uh, that's kind of like the like the two quintessential Rochester quintessential Rochester beers are are the Rohrbach Scotch Ale, which still like if you go to some of the grocery stores and I've looked at some of the scan data, it still sells just as well, if not better, than some of the IPAs in this market. And um, and then the, the the Genesee Cream Ale, and like so, those are like the two beers that Rochester is most known for. Um, you know, not for like you know the fruit and stuff coming out of Mortalis or like the hazy stuff coming out of the Finger Lakes. You know location of, of other half um you know like the most old heads you know they're gonna know like they're gonna know of of the genesee cream ale and in the Rubach scotch ale um and yeah and it's it's kind of crazy too to think that you know swiftwater has been around you know eight years now they just had their eight, eight year anniversary back in january um and they've they've always just done a really good job and you know kind of take their name because andy andy's a, a big kayaker um and so that's where the, you know, you walk in there, you see like the cutouts that are above um, some of the booths there. They got some, um, some old kayaks up in there. Mm. Um, that's where the logo comes from, you know, like the wave cresting there. Um, uh, so yeah, they, they yeah. And Andy, Andy grew up on a dairy farm too, out, out in Cuga County, which is roughly probably hour, hour and a half away from Rochester. So um, his parents, parents raised dairy cows and, um, or raise cows out there. So, um, I don't know if they still do, but they used to get a lot of their beef right from Andy's, Andy's parents. Um, so stuff like that. It's just, I just love what they're doing. And they're a great family. The cook family is awesome. And, um, just a great crew of folks over there. You know, Greg Libby, the general manager is a, a great dude. Uh, Justin Becker, the assistant brewers, an awesome person, just a whole mix of awesome people there. So definitely one to root for. And if you're in the Rochester area, it's definitely one of the ones I recommend stopping at. Hell yeah, man. This is sick. Just fully more confirming. I love it. I love hearing all this because I had already had a good feeling about it. And you didn't tell me any of this stuff before I went. So I had, you just mentioned the uh, the Schwartz beer. I, I grabbed, I think I took the Schwartz beer back and I grabbed nice. the Kolsch. Nice. But I had the uh, the amber check lager and the dark check mm, lager. Nice. They were both spectacular. Mm. I was so yeah, yeah bro. I, yeah. Some of my favorite shit. Yeah. I was yeah. so impressed. Yeah, love so check like, style lagers. Yeah, oh, nothing beats it. And I just liked that they did all that. So I was like, okay, well, I had to drive. So I was like, I can't smash too many. Plus, they were closing. So I was like, let me grab some. Yeah. I definitely want to try the Schwartz beer in comparison to the um, the check. And, and the bartender was pouring me little um, samples of the Hefe, which was. Yep. And I'm I'm not even I don't even really like Hefeweizen to be honest. I was like, wow, this is yeah. like pretty damn solid 
So it was like, yeah, man, just a really good experience. I was excited to to try this again and to talk more about this stuff. But they they um they definitely seem like like as far as my list of going to Rochester this time was other half Mortalis and um, Fifth Frame, and then right. Jared was like, you did Swiftwater was the first one. Swift for uh, Swiftwater, Strange Bird, and Iron Tug. He were the three that he said. Yep, and all great players. Swiftwater was the one that happened to be open close to the hotel that yeah. still had food at the time the by the time we got beautiful. back and everything so meant to like, be then yeah meant to be and i was like this is it was a beautiful experience so i'm very happy to hear that yes. the people of the team are uh everything that i felt them to be from my very short yep. uh, time there that's fantastic dude um yeah. love to see that so you were there was right that was a perfect segue from the homebrew club into this so you cultivated your community and you just kind of like just kept writing. So what, what you, when you were writing, you were, you mentioned you would, I would notice you would do things like you would definitely hate, like not rumors, but Hey, there's a new brewery opening here. It was kind of like that type of work. Did you ever do like, <laughs> I guess not new beer releases or reviews or anything like that? Or it was really about kind of beer news in the. Yeah. Um, I, I did infrequent reviews, not a lot, but, um, like with, with the breaking news and the crime and the, um, you know, police public safety stuff that I wrote about for, you know, for like the other 90% of my actual job at the paper, um, you know, that, that could be a bit of a downer. Um, you know, it's, it's obviously very important reporting. It's stuff that needs to be reported on, you know, you got to report on the systemic issues and, um, you know, the people that are working to make that better and, um, you know, what are some of the solutions and, you know, kind of tell the stories of, of the people impacted by this, um, so that was obviously, you know, paramount, the most important thing I could, I could do at the, at the newspaper, especially, you know, trying to be a, a public servant and kind of inform, you know, whether people living in the suburbs or people don't really understand, you know, some of the stuff that was going on, not that I can say, I understand it, you know, from, from my, you know, my cis white male perspective. Um, but you know, I wanted to make sure that was really, uh, you know, grounded in my reporting was, it was humanizing a lot of that stuff. And so I always took the approach with my beer reporting that, um, you know, everything else I read about it can, can be such a downer. Um, I thought it was just important to really focus on the positive. Um, so I, I would very infrequently wrote anything negative if, if, if at all. Um, so that was never really my intention. Um, you know, I wanted to, to highlight the people and, you know, even if I, didn't like the beers of a place that was opening. I still would try to tell their story. Um, you could, if you read enough of my reporting, you could kind of, you could kind of, if I like, if I describe the beer as promising or um, solid or, you know, or something like that, you know, that might be a, a clue that, um, you know, the, the beer might not be up to par, but you know, there's still people that are, you know, investing a lot of money and time and energy and, you know, pursuing their dreams. So that's not my place to, to, you know, to, to shit on that or to, you know, to ruin that for people. Um, and so, you know, I just, I tried to be very positive in, in that reporting in general. Um, so that was always a, a goal of mine. Dude, the way you just said that, I swear to God, that's exactly my exact story. I have certain tells. If you read my reviews enough, if I say certain words, my friends would text me, yeah. you didn't like that, did you? And I'm like, nah. Yeah. But I, yeah. but who the fuck am I to go and shit on right, I this mean, beer? What do yeah. I know? What do we know? Like, I don't know. I'm not BJCP. I'm not a Cicerone. Like, I don't no, know. Exactly. I've been, I've, 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 I've brewed five done times. none of that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, yeah. you know, like you said, people are investing yeah. millions of dollars into this stuff. Who are we if we have a bit of a platform to shit on anyone's dreams because we didn't right. happen to like a beer, I refuse to be negative. If it's something's like that yeah. bad, I'll just, I just won't even talk about it. Or if I'm right, not that's too the other sure, thing too. 
I'm I'm little like cautious. I'm like, yeah, I can get these flavors out of it. Oh, I think it might be oxidized, so I don't think this is maybe yeah. the you know, yeah. something like that, yeah. which is yeah. okay. But but it's not saying that yeah. the brewers did something wrong. It's probably just packaging for that specific can. Sure, and, and but I mean the other thing is too. If if I don't like it, I just don't write about it. There's um, also that. But that's yeah, if you so really I mean, just, don't like it, like as opposed to like right, exactly. Yeah, you know, I had one the other or day. If Go. On. No, it's all right. I'm I'm listening. No, I was gonna say the the fifth frame when I bought two four packs from fifth. Yeah, frame. there was one of yeah. the ones I cracked, and it was a double IPA. That um, what was the gentleman's name who was working behind the bar? It was your mate, Paul? Oh, uh, Paul. Paul, yeah. great dude. Great so guy. he was like, that's the, I think it was called Open It Up. He said, this is the best double yeah. IPA. I'm like, boom, no worries. And uh, I had it, and it looked different. It looked kind of oxidized. I was looking on Untapped yeah. compared to the photos. I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is yeah. what. And you had it a few times. Color looked a little off. Yeah, I know what you're talking It looked about. a little off, and I was like, it doesn't taste right. Now, I reviewed it because I wasn't sure. I have a second can. So I'm, I think that, that first can just happened to be, you know. Yeah, could could very well be. And that's okay, but I was very cautious with the way I said it because I know the Fifth Frame is a phenomenal brewery. I drank a bunch of beers that you and Jared have both given me multiple beers from them in the past. Yeah, so exactly. I would never go out of like be like, yeah, man, fuck these guys. Like, nah, man, like that particular beer potentially off, and I didn't know, so I reviewed it anyway. But I was cautious. Like, I'm pretty sure sometimes the breweries comment to go, yeah, that sounds like it was a bad can. Like, cool, no worries, and it's no stress. Yeah. But it, but there was no. Um, malice intended and it was very I, I keep it that way so i would just anyway long story short i just i enjoyed hearing you say that because that's something that i've lived by yeah. and sort of prided myself and I, it sounds like you're doing the same thing on on sticking with that always been my goal yeah it's important eh for for what we're doing it's it's massively important yeah it's just you know i want to i want to i want to champion what i like like i was saying earlier and if I don't like something, I tend to just ignore it. Um, you know, there's some really terrible breweries run by some really shitty people in Rochester, but I just don't Talk give them the time of day. Yeah, you know, it's like if people want to go there, good for them. But I don't need to, you know, support them or um, or just stay like, you know, it's just not worth it. Um, no. Everything, every, there's so, so much other negative shit going on in the world um, that I don't need to. And you don't need to add to that. No, I, I couldn't agree more, dude. I think it's important. I noticed as you know, I feel like the the people who take the beer stuff, ser- beer, their beer sort of like media stuff, I guess, like we are, yeah. seriously tend to be like that. And I, I notice a lot of the kind of negativity would come from maybe the more casual people who are just not even really bloggers because that's probably too much work. It'd be people on Untapped or like yeah. an Instagram post or something. They're a little more savage, um, which is fine i guess but like i think the difference into i guess this is like a question and a statement but sort of i think the difference between maybe the people who are more i don't know flippant about what they're saying and then people like us who are a little more thoughtful about it not saying that we are superior in any way we're just more we just really care about that is that we know the people behind it like me and you absolutely doing what we do we know the the humans that put the sweat, the the time, the energy, the money, they could have more, remortgaged their damn house and put everything up to do this, to follow this dream. True. So yeah, because we exactly. know that and we talk to them, you talk to them, you get their stories, you write it down. I'll talk to them on here and we capture it in audio and video. Like right. we have these stories. So why would we ever try to, right. you know, do anything negative towards that? And I think knowing the people is that key difference. I don't know if you had any... Do you think that makes a difference? I, guess, no, I, think, I, I think yeah, I think you nailed that. I mean, it's just like like we were saying earlier. It's just not 
I, I like, I don't know what people have sacrificed or, I mean, I can with some of the stories I tell. Um, but you know, you don't know what, what people have overcome to make this happen. You know, it's not easy. It takes years upon years and lots of money and, um, you know, bureaucratic governmental red tape that you have to cut through, um, you know, find the right location or, or, or get a, or get a small business loan to make this work. So, I mean, it's just, there's, there's just so much that goes into it. Um, that it's, you know, if, if, if the place is going to fail, it'll fail on its, on its own merits. And it's because people voted with their dollars and didn't like the beer or didn't like the location or, or whatever. Um, and it's not my place to add to that. It's just not worth it. hundred percent. Yeah. And no one wants to, who, who would even want to talk to us? Like what, right. if, if we were going to be negative and it would be a risk for them to talk to us. And if our business is talking to the breweries, it would seem pretty counterproductive to, you know, treat people like that. Yeah. And, you know, hundred percent. It, it's a little, it's a little silly. So, okay. That's really dope, man. So like you just sort of kept plugging away and doing this. I mean, did you ever have any goals with it or was it kind of like just, no, I just really enjoyed it. Um, it was just a nice counterbalance to everything else I was working on. Okay. Um, you know, whether it was digging, digging through public records or, or sitting through press conferences or hanging out at, at crime scenes, it's just, you know, just always something I could look forward to. Like I knew I had a beer column I needed to work on for my next deadline. Um, so that was just something that I always really enjoyed. And, um, the fact that I was able to, you know, turn it into a little side hustle has just been really rewarding. I keep saying that, but, um, so yeah, I just, I'm eternally thankful that people dig what I do and, um, it's just, it's grown. It's continued to evolve, you know, since I left the paper. And, um, so yeah, never had any expectations of this. I just wanted to, you know, be able to put my name on things and have my picture in the paper every once in a while in my hometown paper. I mean, that's just all it really boiled down to. Right. Which is meaningful. I totally get it. I totally get it. It's, it's extra yeah. meaningful because it's where you grew up and you know that yep, exactly. everyone you ever kind of met growing up would see it essentially. Um, yeah, you know, they could see me at a high school reunion and, and think like, hey, that Will Cleveland guy actually isn't a complete and total fuck up. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty nice, right? That's all any of us could ask yeah. for, bro. That's right. all any of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you did small the victories. Yeah. You got to take them when, when you get them, bro. You got to take them when you get them. Yeah. So the, you know, you did that for 14 years, you said? Hang yeah, on. I was there Is from that... 2008 to 2022. Okay. I was at the, at the newspaper. I worked. I worked in sports, and then I worked in breaking news and public safety, and then um, did the beer for about half of my time there. So okay, so the beer was probably like seven to eight years. Okay, and yeah. like you said, you moved to Substack. So people don't know Substack is kind of like like it's an email subscription service. Yeah, you can get a free version, or yeah. you can get a paid version, and the paid has a few. Yeah, it's all, all free. All, I I do it all free at this point because I've had a lot of success with. Um, sign up sp local sponsors for sponsored content or, or overall advertising or, you know, just putting some advertisement in there. Um, but yeah, you can read it, um, at Cleveland Prost, P R O S T, uh, dot substack dot com. Uh, you plug in your email address and every time I publish something that goes right to your email. Yep. Um, you know, like I said, I published something yesterday about wild ales coming out of a, of a, a well-known Penfield brewery in the Rochester area called K2 Brothers, um, unexpectedly making really cool wild ales um, that are, you know, they captured yeast from the from Ronacoit Bay, which is, you know, the, the body of water that feeds into the uh, Lake Ontario there. So just like unexpected things like that. Um, you just, you know, you can get that sent directly to your email um, and it's done really well on social media while I'll, you know, post things on some of the Rochester Facebook groups or 
on Twitter or on Instagram um, and just been really heartened by the support. And um, I, I, I assume eventually I'll, um, my wife's kind of pushing me in that direction. We'll move to a, a subscriber model, you know, where I'll do like, you know, 40% of the content will be subscriber only. The rest will be free type thing or, or some along those lines, you know, for like three or $4 a month, but it's just a really easy platform to use. And I've been really happy with it. Um, you know, cause you can upload photos and do photo galleries and I can put videos in there and, um, you know, I don't have to worry about SEO just because it's going to email. So I don't have to worry about like, you know, going through Google trends and seeing what people are looking for or, um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, you know, I can, I can look at the layout of it before I publish it so I can see if it looks good. I can, you know, make sure the ads in the right place and, um, you know, proofread it and stuff like that. So, um, it's, it's a really, really easy platform. It's, it's kind of like word, WordPress like, um, and how easy it is to use. Um, so, uh, appreciate everyone who's been checking out my work. I'm closing in on 2,000 subscribers, um, which is really cool. And uh, awesome. yeah, it's, I'm just yeah, it's just it's it's grown more than I ever expected it would, and we're not even a year old. So um, it's it's been fun. You know, I'm not kind of reaching the numbers I would reach when I was with the the Democrat and Chronicle. Um, the DNC, as people call it, um, not reaching those heights. You know, where I would get like you know, I could get you know like 10,000 views on something. You know pretty easily but um it's rewarding because i can just write about whatever the heck i want to write about and, um you know not have to to answer to anyone um you know which has my life basically <laughs> honestly though i love that i think it's even cooler that i know this there's, there's a there's something freeing about that to be able to not have yeah, an editor I mean, it, you know editors aren't all bad I, I used to be a music journalist in australia so like i'm yeah. familiar with the whole process and everything, um, which is why I was kind of curious uh, a, a bit more about what you're doing there. So compared to what you did for the DNC in your Substack, what is it the similar uh, approach to the content? Yeah, much doing, very, very yeah? similar. Okay. Um, you know, I can do like more notebooks, like, like news and notes type things that I didn't really do as much. So if I just want to highlight an event, I can do like a 200 word preview, um, you know, as like a note in a, in a, in a newsletter. Uh, but I do generally the same thing where I'll try to like eight, 800, a thousand, 1200 words, um, as a profile of, of someone or, uh, I've done, I've been doing more and more Q and A's. Um, so yeah, there's, there's just a lot more freedom. You know, I can sneak in some, some cuss words in there if I feel, um, I don't have to worry about, you know, have it, having it being family friendly. Um, you know, cause we're talking about beer it's and beer, people, man. people swear. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's right in the name of your podcast, but, um, yeah. And so, I mean, it's just, it's just been, it's been great, you know, cause I don't have to like do something that's seasonal. Like I have to do a top five places to drink a beer outside on Memorial day weekend or, or, you know, stuff that, like, the newspaper audience really wanted and craved. Um, right. You know, I had no problem doing that because it was, you know, my editors would ask for it. And they were always amazing and incredibly supportive. Um, but there's just so much freedom in doing this. And, you know, I could do it at my own pace. Like, some weeks I'll publish three things. You know, some weeks I'll publish one. Um, you know, the goal is to do six to eight things per month um, just to keep it, keep it fresh. And, um, you know, but I can also do something that's 600 words and I can just get it out there. Um, if, if there's some sort of news or, or whatever. Um, so it's just, there's no, there's no like set way you have to do it. I mean, I know there's people that, that like do newsletters a certain way, but I've really just approached it with the same, the same outlook that I used when I was a newspaper journalist, which is the cool. same style really. Yeah. Cause then the, there's a familiarity. Yeah. I mean, so people like, know what people know my writing. Yeah. Is, I think it doesn't you know. feel anything different from anything I've ever seen from you yeah. before. Uh, which is which is super cool. Um, what was I about to say? I had a good point. Fuck. Okay. 
So on <clears throat> your f- okay, so I own a social media agency. So yeah, I, one of the things I always I always meant to ask you this. So your all of your profiles are verified, which is great. I imagine that's due to being the reporter. You've had all the the press. Yeah, for stuff, sure, exactly. Which is super cool. Which is very good, very official. Your personal Facebook page has more engagement than anyone I've ever seen in my in my entire like you know social media world life. Like, if you post a status update, I'm just talking like a bunch of words. You're getting four, five, six hundred likes, which is ridiculous. <laughs> What's that's having fun? Which is sick. Is this on your personal? Like, I'm pretty sure. If I'm not mistaken, am, am I? Am I right there? It's you're, your you're, personal. Uh, you might be. You might, uh, yeah, you might be overselling a little bit, you know, because I have like 1,500 likes on my my professional page, but I have you know two or three thousand friends on my regular page. Um, but I just, it's always just been like Let my personality. Check. Like, I don't, I don't, you know, I just don't, um, I don't. You know, I don't. I, if if I'm if it's a good post, I'll get like two or three hundred likes, maybe. But um, you know, so that's a lot, though. Um, bro. Like it is. It's fun. Per- I got like um, five thousand friends on there, and I definitely am not getting. I get some decent stuff depending on what it is, but I don't do will numbers yeah. by any by any means. I'm just scrolling well, through. Even your cat's yeah. got eighty five likes and shit. <laughs> I mean, but it's just like the only thing I it's post cool. on, on Facebook is, you know, is either going to be pictures of my son or, uh, you know, public art or graffiti that I enjoyed or uh, some, some beer news really. Uh, yes. every once in a while it'll be a cat post, but, um, so, it's, you know, it's just always been on brand. It's just the things that I'm passionate about that I try to get other people excited about. Um, you know, it's just, I, I don't know. I think I've just found that people vibe with what I'm, with what I'm selling for lack of a better term. Um, you know, it's just cause it's just, just, it's just genuinely me. Um, you know, sometimes there, there should be more of a filter. Um, you know, I'll get in trouble for some of the things I post on, on Twitter specifically. Um, but in general, it's just, you know, observations that I have that I just want to share with the world. It's basically just me having a conversation with myself. And if people want to interact with it, that's really cool too. Um, but it's, you know, I just, like I said, things I'm excited about, you know, milestones and links to beer articles. And, and, you know, if I sign up a new brewery for the festival I'm working on, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, you can get people excited about that. I feel you. Um, still, it's still, I, I, yeah, maybe I was overselling it, but maybe I'm actually thinking about, um, your, I think you were overselling a little bit. Yeah. It could have even been like the business page maybe that I was thinking of, um, that you were doing it. it no, your personal one is, it's your personal one, dude. I swear to God, maybe it was like last year uh, or something. Uh, like maybe I just scrolled through and like the first like I mean, fucking 10 yeah. posts were like well, me and my dear photos with you. Yeah. <laughs> or tagging you just, in it. But I'm like, just, it's yeah. pretty crazy. It's still crazy. Like, you know, it's, it's still pretty, pretty fucking bonkers to get that level of thing. So my point is, I guess, really by saying that, was like you know that's good. You've got a lot of people buying into you and what you talk about and what you're doing, which is For fantastic, sure. which is super valuable. Yeah, um, very lucky there. Particularly, you know, all the different things that you're doing. You know, you're able to convert. I mean, a couple thousand people subscribing to a Substack is pretty significant. Particularly being given the topic that you're talking about, beer is very regional. So then, yeah, absolutely, you know, there's this. There's outliers always, you know, like obviously I'm subscribed to it and I'm not in the region. I'm close by. I was even thinking the one you mentioned, I forgot that Rochester's on Lake Ontario. Like if I had a boat, oh, yeah. we're in Hamilton. We could just like zip across like, fuck, man. Oh, yeah. Why would I drive? Absolutely. Need a boat. Um, <laughs> 
but like you know you've got so you got some people in the region that are sorry most people will be in the region but you're going to have some people outside oh yeah it's, absolutely it's still niche like even for for bos there's being that we mostly cover we do cover everything but primarily it's you know ontario and quebec stuff and i'm yes. you know, trying to do obviously whenever opportunities arise to do more it's inherently uh sort of like not capped but you know it's it's hard to kind of no, grow but because- the, I mean, it's it's a i mean i mean you're you're you know covering a larger geographical area obviously but you know what what i'm doing is just you know it's like High buffalo level. rochester a little bit exactly a little bit of syracuse and the finger lakes you know the southern tier um you know maybe pushing more towards some stuff in utica or albany but um generally it's just you know upstate new york it's it's very very hyper local you know it's all places that are within like you know the the lar- the longest the 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 widest I'll branch out you know is just two or three hours away from Rochester really right um, but you know at the same point I'm just I'm just writing about stuff that interests me um, yeah we like just, I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I watched your you know your your interview with with Greg from Counterpart and we're gonna um, touch base next week so I'm gonna go. Uh, took a day off and I'm going to go over to Niagara Falls and say hi to those guys and hopefully scoop up some of the anniversary stuff for the fourth anniversary. But, um, Ooh, you know, just, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to go there on Thursday. Um, but we'll, we can, we'll touch base. Yeah, you don't need talk. to hear this on the podcast was, right now. <laughs> I, was um, like, I was texting Greg today about it because I want, I wanted to go to their anniversary. It's just, I got too much shit happening. So I was like, maybe I can yeah. sit down next week and get him to put them aside. And if you yeah, that's be there the same precisely day, what I'm going to do. Okay. Um, and it's just it's going to be nice too because I'll um, I'll link up with them because I got them signed up to come to the beer festival, the Rochester Beer Expo that I'm curating for. Um, we got to figure out how to get their beer um, into the U.S. But um, I got a, a few other Canadian breweries that are that are signed up, so hopefully they can uh, you know provide a little guidance there. But we'll we'll figure it out. But they he's he's stoked that um, you know maybe he can expand the reach a little bit into Rochester, you know, cause I mean, we're literally only 80 minutes away from Niagara Falls. Um, and it's, it's, it could, it couldn't be any easier. Yeah. And he's just, you know, crushing it across such a wide range of styles. So, um, but yeah, so stuff like that, um, just, just genuinely being myself. Um, you know, people, people recognize my voice. They can see I'm a little snarky. You know, I use too many parentheses in my writing. Um, you know, I tend to tend to use the passive voice too much more than I should, you know, so stuff like that. People, people just know what I, what I offer at this point. Right. I think that's, that's all. I mean, I'm, I know that's probably one of the things you guys, that, that you guys preach with, with your clients is, you know, you have to be authentic. You have to have your voice. You have to recognize what you do and who you're trying to reach and, you know, and, and, and communicate to those those folks in the manner that they're gonna, you know, most uh, identify with. Hundred percent, bro, and and that's exactly it. And I think you've done that from the beginning, and that's why you've got this like really strong following. And and like not even just the fo- the following is one side of it, but then there's the personal relationships, and I think that almost speaks yeah. more volume though than just the the you know. The following because like people have to like you to want to talk to you to want to welcome you to their brewery and yeah. and, and do all those right. things and want to do things with you, know, you or for you or whatever it might right. be you know or trust me with their news or right exactly because they probably give you a yeah. lot of uh, exclusives and all that shit so um, that's the goal so I yeah. love it dude it's fucking awesome it's very very cool I'm very impressed and I'm very happy to see that when I saw that you were doing that I signed up straight away because I just thought it was super dope that you were doing something for yourself I always appreciate the support and, and right, I just love it man I already you know 
like even if I'm not super familiar at the time when I signed up, I think I was probably still in Montreal. So now that I'm around yeah, the corner and it's my new, yeah. uh, it's my new American closest. It's your backyard. You know, it's yeah. my backyard. Yeah. Um, it's a place that we plan to be spending a lot of time on, which is why I wanted to intro, you know, kind of like introduce the region to our audience if they weren't super familiar with sure. with, with you, and then you know continue to expand that which is something you and i were talking about the other day which we can talk about afterwards probably no point talking about it on air just yet but <laughs> looking to continue to do a bunch yeah. of podcasts and working more together and stuff um i want yeah. to get into the um uh the expo the expo fuck what am i uh the yep, uh the expo, but do you want to talk do you want to get into the next beer yeah let's do that first yep beautiful yep. Yep. so yeah um, here i am pulling things out of the out of the cooler I love it. So one of my, you know, other half of me, one of my favorite breweries in the States. Oh, got it. Since forever. And uh, I remember when I watched all of the footage about, you know, and all the, all the talk online about uh, them opening up in Finger Lakes, which is, if people who don't know, Finger Lakes is sort of like the wine region, really, just uh, exactly you know, uh, sort of south of uh, Rochester, um, yep, south of exactly. east. And... Um, yeah. It, it, it was just the whole concept of them even, you know, opening a second location. It was their first location outside of Brooklyn. I'd been to the Brooklyn one, I think, yep. like four times. Every single time I've been to New York, I've been there every time. So I was extraordinarily excited. Um, you guys had that there. So I visited the, the one in Buffalo because I hadn't been to the States in three years. So I went to Buffalo and then we went yes. to the Finger Lakes one. And uh, even yeah. they... Because we went with Zach, so your friend Zach, who was at uh, Fifth Frame when we met up, yep. he was there, and he came with us to Genesee, to Mortalis, and then to um, other half, and they were yeah. just golden yeah. there. They were just, uh, you know, we drank some beers. I bought a bunch of their coffee, which was so sick. They have a coffee brand called Cloud nice. Cover. Yeah, Sam, 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 the Sam brewmaster at uh, other half, is doing a Cloud Cover coffee roastery now, which is just so cool. So they're keeping it all in the house for all the coffees they're using them a lot of their beers too. Uh, it's just it's so smart bro i just i just love the brand yeah. so i was like i have to do other half particularly one that yeah. was brewed uh at finger lakes uh which i believe this one was right usually it says on the no beer. this is this is a this is a brooklyn beer actually. this is brooklyn okay well because i had a bunch but, and then i was like hey, it's all good have, and you were like let's do this one so this is other half gouda, yeah. double dry hop gouda double ipa so we went from the crispy boy to the ipa to now the double ipa with this gorgeous yeah. can um I'm excited. I actually haven't had this one, so I was excited for this. That's album. a good one. Yeah, tell, and I tell love their new their new branding redesign that you can like. You know, they give a little synopsis on the side of the can, but also now we'll break it down for the hops. So this one's Citrus, Strata, Comet, and Eclipse. Um, they call it a hazy imperial IPA brewed with a hand selected blend of hops, giving notes of lychee, sweet orange, strawberry, and pine needles. Oof. Um, yeah, their their new branding is awesome, and then you know because it like fully identifies that it's you know you see the little other half at the top of the label, um, you know where you used to kind of get that off to the side of the label, um, you know makes it much much easier when you're looking for them, especially because they're in a bunch of grocery stores now, and uh, just brilliant that it makes it more identifiable, but but it's still obviously um, quintessentially other half, you know with with, with their food themed beers, right? Yeah, the food, they're very, um, yeah. they're, su you know, they're super unique. Broccoli and cabbage and, and you know, all that, all the, you know, obviously hip hop influenced, but, um, but it's, you know, extended it into so many other ones, um, with the whole, you know, they do a bunch of regional ones. There's, there's chicken riggies, there's Utica greens, there's, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, 
like all the different places they're in. Um, you know, there's a tomato factory one from, from DC. Um, you know, there's, I think there's a few that are like Philly food themed, um, you know, more, more Brooklyn with the, I know they've done whatever. I mean, it's just, it's just nuts. Everything that they've done with the hazy IPAs. I think, I think I read on, on beer advocate, you know, over the last three years, they're always the number one brewery in terms of, um, the amount of beers that they release every year. Cause you know, they're releasing three or four new IPAs every week. So it ends up Wild. being like, you know, two, two or 300 new beers every year. Um, you know, it's, it might be a similar, you know, malt profile, but you know, with, with different hoppings and different labels, but I'm um, just kind of crazy that they've really, you know, done this without like having a, a flagship, you know, green cities kind of turned into their flagship, you know, one of the ones you're always going to find. Um, but uh, look at that! Look at that microphone selfie. That man is a pro right there. Oh, look at that! Been this is a new. It's kind of weird because you got to like bend around the microphone. It's uh, yeah, I saw that inconvenient. I'm, I'm sure. Keep, like, I'm, I'm sure it turned out beautifully. Oh, William, you are a gentleman. First of all, my friend. Cheers. Get that in you. Cheers to you. Always. Mm. I really oh, love I this beer. Oh, yes, yeah, right. exactly. This yeah. is fresh too. It looks like it's the. Is it fifteenth of February? Yep, 15th of February, account. according to my can. So, yeah, it's the same one. Yeah. It's, Two um, weeks old. It's beautiful. I found that uh, – okay, so you were mentioning, which is interesting that you just said this, the um, that they not they don't have a flagship and they're always dropping new beers. I noticed when I went to Buffalo, I had had – I haven't been to the States in three years, and last time I went right. was the weekend before the first lockdown everywhere. <laughs> and That's the last time I was at Counterpart. Oh, really? That's hilarious. Yeah. So we're probably yeah. in the, the opposite literally, parts. Literally early, early March. Yeah. Yeah. I was March 6th, 7th, and 8th. Of, I'll never of, forget it. Yeah. Of, of 2020. Yeah. If 2020. I was in Vermont, so I guess you were in Niagara Falls. And uh, yeah. it was when everyone started using, um, before masking, but they were starting to use the hand sanitizer and shit. Yep, exactly. And, um, it was kind of like weird. No one knew what was happening. And yeah. the so I haven't been to, fuck, other half since... I think it was probably August 2018. So, wow. So, not 18, 19. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, either way, a long ass time. And when I went to Buffalo, I had had almost all of the beers there in the past. Yeah. And I was like, interesting. So, I took that as that they were, for, and I didn't take it in a bad way at all, just that they were like, okay, they've got their brands because I you know, had broccoli and yep. I think I bought like double citra daydream that, uh, yep, exactly. Of. And I was like, okay, oh, beautiful well, beer, glorious. So I was like, okay, maybe what they're doing is doubling down on certain brands because now, you know, at the time, last time I went, they were just in Brooklyn. Now they're in, like you said, DC, Philly, Rockefeller Center, Finger Lakes, uh, yep. you know, a whole bunch of places. So yeah. I thought that they were just picking the key sort of brands that they had and then keeping them pretty regular or was it just a coincidence that I happened to have almost everything? No, I think you're, you're spot on. Um, they definitely have like, you know, they'll make, you know, Mylar bags four or five, six times a year. They'll make, um, you know, they'll make all such everything four or five times a year. So they definitely have like a rotation, mm. but they still have, you know, new beers coming out all the time, all the time, you know, whether it's some of the, some of the collabs they'll do for whatever festival or whatever week they're doing, um, whether it was Citra, they did a Citra week, they did a mosaic week, they now do a, a Southern, a Southern hemisphere, like Nelson inspired week. Um, you know, obviously green city is their huge IPA festival. So they'll do a ton of collabs for that. Um, every year's anniversary, you know, you'll see they, they do their anniversary like over a month 
So I think this year the first week was all uh, all Freaky Friday releases, so all beers that they made that were um, you know other people's flagship beers or other you know weird hoppy beers um, that they were doing like the other half version of. Um, the next week was all of all of the new collabs, and then the next week um, was you know all the crazy triple IPAs. Uh, I think they did five or six triple IPAs this year. Um, yeah, because you know it's not other half; it's not a triple IPA. Um, that's you know what they obviously kind of pioneered. Um, so yeah, they have they have rotational stuff that they do. Um, there'll be stuff that you'll see from time to time, um, but truthfully, they still are you know leading the pack with the amount of of beers that they're pushing out every, every week from that are, that are new, um, new releases, especially because they have all the different locations now, you know, so there's like a whole series of Philly beers that we don't see that all that often in, in the Finger Lakes, um, you know, they'll, they'll ship them up here so we get to try some of them, but you know, so they're doing new beers in Philly cause they have a gigantic system cause they bought the old, um, Goose Island location down there in Fishtown in Philly. Yes. Um, and then, you know, they have a massive, the, the DC system is just, monstrous and that's where like all the other half loggers are coming from um they're doing a lot of their okay. stout production down there um finger lakes has really been known for all the wild ales that they've been doing because they have an off-site facility um roughly like 10 15 minutes from um the spot in east bloomfield where they're all the fooders and all the barrels are sitting and they also have a ton of cold storage there so they use that as kind of the distribution hub and that's where you know my buddy zach that he met um you actually would have met him years ago too when you were at, at um Tap Mallet because used to be the general yes. used to be the general manager over at Tap Mallet. Um, just one of the cool. sweetest, sweetest, nicest human beings on this planet uh, was a groomsman at our wedding. Just um, yeah, I can't say enough enough nice things about that guy. And um, so yeah, he, he now does all the distro kind of logistical stuff for the Finger Lakes location. You know, making sure the beer gets all the grocery stores and convenience stores and bottle shops and whatnot. Um, so other half just has, you know, like they have specific beers that they make, um, in each location, um, like finger lakes does all the chroma series, which are you know, like some of the single hop stuff. Um, and just, you know, whether it's a, a double single triple version. Um, so, I mean, there's obviously just, you know, what they're known for. Um, and I think of what's also really cool is that shows kind of like their commitment to quality. Um, they poached and hired, um, Steve Kaplan, this gentleman who actually used to be the brewmaster at Genesee. Um, who is now their head of uh, beer production. Um, so it's his job to go amongst all of the other half locations and make sure, you know, like the beers in still taste like other half beers, that the beers in D.C. still taste like other half beers. Um, and it's just, I mean, I, I can't think what a what a cool job that is to get to travel a little bit, but also just make sure that, you know, beers are, no matter what location they're coming from, are still going to have, you know, that characteristic other halfiness, you know, the, the yeah, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. You know, you I mean you, you open another half beer, you, know, you drink another half beer. I love that. That is cool as shit, bro. I, I love hearing about this. Um, I just I'm sort of like enamored with the brand. I almost feel like they were like the first sort of like big haze brand in the states that I was really sort of uh, into because it was probably the first I went to personally. Um, yeah. Obviously, I know Trillium. And definitely one of the originals. Yeah, they yeah, with Treehouse and Trillium, we're definitely up there with Hill Farmstead and uh, Alchemist too, obviously. Of course, you know, with being with Hetty Topper being like you know the original HD beer, but that was that beer's what nineteen. I think first, I think the first batch of that beer came out in two thousand four. So you know mm -hmm. that beer is almost 20, 20 years old now. Um, you know, Hill Farmstead dates back to two thousand ten, but um, other half really they nailed not only the the hazy beers because you know, Sam uh, Richardson, the brewmaster there, is just the savant with hops and mm -hmm. kind of like coming up with these and create these crazy combos and um, just 
like masterful, that kind of stuff. But their branding too is obviously the what branding. set them apart. You know, whether it's That's like the hip hop influence, whether it's you know these these bright, beautiful cheek labels with with slices of gouda, and then you always kind of do the, like the Where's Waldo on the label, and you're like, oh, you know, you're gonna you're gonna find one on there. Oh, there he is. You know, the one that's gonna have like the the, the cheeky little smile. Yeah, there he is. You know, you find that on the bro- you trend that on the broccoli and the cabbage label and all those other brands. So um, they just they hit hit the home run because they did it all perfectly. I couldn't agree more, man. Particularly with the hip hop thing, yeah. and you know, it's something that we talk about here a bunch that I think is important. That uh, you know, I, I've spent a bunch of time in the the Brooklyn uh, tap room, and I'm not. You, yeah. you know, we've been to a lot of breweries, just like you have, like you know, traveling and, and doing all the different things. And I find that like hip hop is obviously that's why why I moved to Canada. We've been making hip hop music right. for tw- 20, 21 years now. Fucking hell, old, amazing, and, amazing, and. Going and you never hear hip hop for the most part, you know, in, yeah. in yeah. breweries and other half was one of my first. They totally movies. embrace that. Yeah, they really do, man. And it was like I kind of just like I feel home. Um, and the beers are a one, yeah. whether it's their crispy boys, their stouts, their haze, like everything yeah. is phenomenal. The branding is I don't know. I just I just really appreciate the brand. So to me, this last trip going to both of those locations, even though. Even like, I think Jared was like, oh, you don't need to go to Buffalo, uh, other hot bro. We're going to go to Finger Lakes one. But I was like, I have to go. I need to go to this shit. And I, I just want yeah, to see it. Absolutely. And I know they're about to move too. And it was just, it was a different vibe too. It was completely different. And to be honest, it was the last yep. stop of the day. And I was fucked up on that night. On the <laughs> time we got there. Good luck. That'll happen. You know how it goes with, you know, brew hopping all day. It is what it is. Um, But yeah, man, I'm just super but impressed with thank, the brand. Thank goodness for... Uh, yeah, exactly. But thank goodness for res- responsible lady friends. Yeah, shouts to Paige. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Our friend yeah. Paige is, is pregnant. Um, he's, she's also yeah. uh, Jared's wife, and she. Just a trooper and a wonderful human being. I, I didn't even think about it. If we weren't hanging out with all the y'all that day, I was like, I don't know if I guess I probably would have got Ubers or something. And after driving, how? Like, yeah. this shit is far as fuck between everything because I forgot how far. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, other half is 40 minutes from downtown Rochester. I mean, that's that'd be a really expensive Uber. Yeah. Well, it would have been. Yeah. We went to Mortalis first. We went to Mortalis yeah. and then we went um, to over there. So very grateful for Paige yeah. for that. But it was really cool just to see yeah. all the facilities and to still feel, I guess my point it was that, you know, the amount of time I spent in in the Brooklyn tap room, and then going to Buffalo, and then going to Finger Lakes, I'm like, they've they've captured that same vibe, even if it's like the small things totally. where it's it's the the chalkboard, how they have the little drawings and stuff next to the name of the beer, yeah. and and the you know the absurd range of merch, which just feels like yeah. it's continuing to get. But I really, because I was lit too, I really had to hold back because you know when you know what it's like. <laughs> get a bit drunk you're like oh yeah i could do with that t-shirt that hat looks looking pretty good right now and um you know so i got the coffee instead i got a couple bags of the coffee which i haven't cracked yet but i'm very excited to get into yeah but that's like, that's much much more u- useful right yeah much more yeah so, like, you, and, like you need another brewery t-shirt but yeah exactly so i was like oh man i was more looking at the hats but yes you know you know what i'm saying yeah, exactly yeah, so you get yeah, to the, i know you're um, wrong you know <laughs> You know exactly. Um, one of the things you and I were talking about uh, off, you know, like on on Messenger the last couple of weeks was you had a bit of a role that you played in helping them with the location and helping. Can you just like maybe speak to a bit more to sort of yeah. what, you, what you contributed um, to to all of this? So 
other half was first attracted to Rochester because, you know, this is dating back six, seven years ago or how long it was. They were doing all those mobile can sales across New York State, which was just genius. So um, genius. You know, whether it, be, whether it be in Syracuse or Buffalo or down in Long Island or in Albany, um, you know, they would just truck, you know, three or four hundred cases of beer and then just do like a mobile pop-up sale at, at, a, at, a, at a bar and then do a tap takeover um, and just turn it into a just uh, like a little mini – not even a mini, it was huge, but like a other half festival site for, for the day. Um, but they did two of those at Tap Mellon and Rochester. Um, they were, the first one was so wildly successful. It had um, 500 people lined up. It was, you know, went down Gregory Street and then up Clinton, which if you know Rochester, that's, you know, um, you know, probably a half mile. Like, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was pretty significant how many people lined up. Uh, and this was on a cold March Saturday too. It wasn't like it was, you know, in, in the nice spring or fall or um, even, you know, the sweltering summer. It was, you know, people were bundled up because it was, it was fucking cold. And they just did a, they, you know, they, it was a massive success. And they actually like rearranged their schedule and did one like three, four weeks later, also at Tampa Mallet, um, just because the first roster one was such a huge success and then did some subsequent ones. But at that point they decided like, you know, let's, let's start exploring roster to see like, you know, cause they had success in, in Buffalo and Syracuse and Albany and all these other places where they're doing these mobile can sales. But roster was just like this new, this different animal where they were just like, they were just blown away by, by like, they couldn't bring enough beer. Like they were just like, right. they were blown away by the, the level of support. The and, and so I remember, I remember talking to Matt Monahan, who's the CEO and, um, you know, he's telling me utilizing this license that they have in New York state called the firm brewery license. It allows you to open what's, what, what essentially is like a brand, they call it a branch office. So like satellite tap rooms, um, under, under this license and the license allows you to open, um, up to five satellite locations or five branch offices. So they're originally going to open, um, a place probably in the city of Rochester that would kind of be like a can depository with like a gigantic walk-in cooler that they could use a kind of like an upstate, um, like base of operations, um, you know, a point where they could just, that way they could just have cans at this place. They would have a tap room, but it would allow them to just do these mobile can sales a lot easier because they would be able to store stuff up in Rochester. And I remember Matt texted me one random Monday and he's like, Hey, he's like, I'm over at tap him out. Why don't you have come, come have a beer with me. And you know, it's like, you know, Matt, from other half texting, you're like, oh, I'm not going to not go have a beer with him. And <laughs> my wife, who was my girlfriend at that point, she's like, are you stupid? Just like, go have a beer with this guy. And, um, I, I said to him, you know, like he was starting to kind of, he's like, you know, this is all deep off the record, hush, hush. Like, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out how we can open something to roster. And, um, he was like, you know, I'm like, you know, tell me about the different locations they're looking at, you know, different neighborhoods and different spots in the city of Rochester. And I said to him, there was this brewery that closed in, in East Bloomfield, where, where they now are, um, called Nedlow, um, N-E-D-L-O-H, which is Holden backwards. The couple that owned it were Nate and Josie Holden. Um, so they took their name and flipped own and that kind of became the name of the brewery but they closed back in 2017 um after they were open for two and a half years and it was really strange like the circumstances under which they they closed because they literally had won a medal at gabf um for like a belgian ipa or some some or something they won a, a medal at gabf um like three weeks before they announced that they were closing hmm. um i remember i got the closing notification from them from uh 
from a from a PR firm that I didn't recognize. So I had to do a lot of like digging around to talk to employees to like see if they had actually closed or if like this was, a, this was some sort of hoax. Um, right. You know, that kind of spurred this talk that I had to look at. Like people were like, "Oh, is there a beer bubble in Russia? Like, how is this place that just won a medal at the country's biggest beer festival um, closing all of a sudden?" And there were some circumstances that we don't need to get into. But um, so they they closed. They they built this beautiful beautiful like two and a half three million dollar spot down in East Bloomfield where they are now where other half is now and um, you know they they listed it um, and I I said to Matt I'm like hey have you guys heard of Nedlow and he looked at me he's like he's like well, what the fuck is Nedlow literally that was his quote what the fuck what the fuck is Nedlow <laughs> and so I you know I I, I pull it up on my phone and and I show him that you're like you know here's this listing and the place. Listed for six hundred sixty-five thousand dollars. I'll never forget that number. Um, and they so they bought this multi-million-dollar facility for like a fraction of what it actually cost because the people that closed it could afford to take this loss because they're fabulously wealthy. And um, so, sure enough, like this would have been like four months later um, or thereabouts. Um, the news leaked out that that other half had had like kind of hinted that they were going to buy another loan. I'm like, I can't believe this is going to happen, but I couldn't say anything, you know, cause it was so off the record. And, um, it, it just happened to be like the one for Facebook group. This one guy from Bloomfield was sitting in one of the town board meetings and like start this, this, this crazy like shitstorm of people getting all excited because he had heard like, you know, them presenting to the town board about what they wanted to do. And I'll never forget. Like I was in Montana for, wedding um and i turned off my phone because i was so jet lagged i got back and i was had a few days off and i was gonna just be like you know let me let me relax for a day or two until i you know get back and uh and like have to turn my brain back into work mode and i i turned my phone back on that morning after we flew back in that night and my phone was just exploding i was like oh fuck this news got out didn't it and matt um you know i had a text message from matt he's like he's like all right you're the only person I'm going to tell this story to, so let's do it right now. So I, I messaged my bosses and had to explain to them like what a huge deal this was. Um, and so I, I ended up writing this long story about how they're going to take over the Nedlow location uh, facility uh, in, in Bloomfield and my day off, and it just turned into this huge story. And I'll just never forget it. It's just like one of those those crazy journal stories. And, uh, yeah, just uh, – just amazing that those guys trusted me to, to share their story. And, you know, we bonded over that and met so many cool friends through other half, but that's how other half got introduced to that though, was just me having a beer with Matt Monahan over at Tap Mallet and saying like, Hey, you should guys look into this. And then a few months later, sure enough, they bought it. That is the coolest shit ever, dude. I feel like <laughs> obviously like I'm such a big fan of the brand that knowing the role that you played in that is so phenomenal. Like I love that. I'm glad we <laughs> captured that on BOS. That makes me very, very happy. On the on, on the other side of it as well, I think it, it shows the value of people like you that are you know, well-connected, like, because I feel like I get brewery people tapping me, asking me questions a lot or wanting to be connected with something and I'm connecting people all the time. Um, and I imagine you're doing the same thing and that's a fantastic, that is such Absolutely. A, like, a, um, like an outlier example of how valuable that it network is. But, is. but, but you could be like an ambassador with, you know, it's not like, it's like, you know, it's one of the coolest moments of my life. It's not something I can put in my resume though. Right. Uh, but it's, it's yeah. kind of cool to think that, like that I helped, um, you know, bring this world class 
brewery to this this spot roster and it's just it's one of those surreal just like holy shit that actually happened type things you know it's right up there with um when i helped connect roster or other half to genesee because actually the other half guys are just gigantic um genesee cream fans actually and i helped connect them to the folks over at genesee had to go through multiple la- levels and layers of people till i finally figured out like who we should connect them with uh, that's the but i helped you know help them connect to make that Genesee dream ale um, collab that they did. You know, they did a Stitcher dry hopped hazy cream ale. Um, let's talk about back that. In, yeah. yeah. Let, there there it to, is. Let's tell that story. Yeah. Is there more to it than that? Because yeah. that is fucking cool as shit too. Um, yeah. I mean, there was just, I was, you know, I kind of worked my way down. I had to like those <laughs> Matt, Matt and, and Andrew and Sam were like, we would just love to do a collab with Genesee, you know, because, other half of obviously the collab kings right they they work with everyone you know they've worked with you know whether it's whatever i mean you you name a, a hype craft brewery not even hype i mean it could be like a place like i don't know whatever i mean they've they've just they've worked with everyone and um they just were they're a huge genesee cream fans, fan so they thought it would just be really cool and would kind of blow some minds if they could do like this macro slash craft collab um with with the folks at genesee and they Ended up, I tried to, you know, introduce them to like some of the big wigs at Genesee who didn't quite understand what other half was. Um, I tried to like ha- connect them with the brand team and some marketing folks, like some really smart, awesome people, but you know, have just a different view of, of beer until I finally was able to connect them with Dean Jones, who is the legitimate, um, like, you know, classically trained German educated uh, brewmaster from the Genesee brew house. Um, and he was like, he's, he's, I call him the mayor of Rochester beer. Cause he's just like everyone's best friend. And he's like the most jovial, awesome guy, you know, but he's been brewing for 30, 35 beers. He's worked across the country. He's done just everything. Um, you know, but he's been at Genesee now for uh, 10, 12 years. And um, I, I'm like, Hey Dean, you know, would this be something you guys would be interested? In? And he was like, you know, basically he's like, fuck yeah, that sounds so cool. Um, you know, not you just, just thinking like, you know, that it would be amazing to connect these guys. And then he, he, he was able to connect with, with the other half guys. And I remember I, I was the only journalist who got to sit on the, um, but I couldn't post anything about it for like five or six weeks. So I'm just like, you know, hang out with the other half guys and some of the guys from Jenny while they're making this cream ale, this citra supercharged dry up cream ale. And, uh, it was, and then, you know, that it ultimately gets announced and I got to tell like this exclusive story and, um, ended up being released in March of 2018 or 19. I'm losing track of my years. I think well, I want to say 18. Yeah, it was, it was before the pandemic. Um, <sighs> And it was a cold, snowy, crappy, uh, you know, Rochester March day. And we had, there's a walking bridge that connects each side of the city, um, right outside of Genesee. But they, so they literally had people lined up across this walking bridge that spanned Genesee river, um, to, to buy a cream ale. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever, um, that <laughs> people were lining up for, you know, the, uh, a, a, a cream ale, um, and they, you know, something that would only happen in Rochester, you know, it ended up being a small batch. I think they ended up making like 180, 200 cases of it, but they made it the Genesee pilot batch. And then other half also remade it for one of their anniversaries at the Finger Lakes edition. Um, you know, really. So, um, just, just one of the other cool things, you know, I can't put it on my resume, but it's just really cool. That's something that happened, bro. It's, I feel like like all of this is sort of like there's resume stuff. And then there's like, 
like like what would you call it it's like the equivalent of meeting your fucking idol type of thing <laughs> just knowing that you contributed to these things happening yeah is enough and it's like maybe you I won't mean, get the props from the overall like the, yeah. the average person won't know that you did that yeah but you know you did that other half knows you did that but Genesee other half thanked me in their instagram post for it i mean like just go. like getting a what shout out from other half on instagram i mean come on you know it's one of the it's a screenshot i took immediately i didn't get it framed but i, I thought about it you know i might have might might have thought about printing it out and hanging it up on the uh on the on the kitchen refrigerator next to you know the 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 the, the kids artwork, but um, you know just one of those things that happened. That's yeah. If that was I'll, I'll see if my wife will allow it. It'd be right back there, bro. Trust me. Like yeah, I, I highly uh, yeah. You can I see our you. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're we're moving into a new house a few months ago, so it's still pretty you know pretty bare. But there's plenty plenty of stuff to hang up, and you know I got the picture of the kid and whatever the weird artwork my wife hung up. But um, yeah. So there's room, it's there's room for the other half post. Honestly, like yeah, that's like probably. it's it's an honor. It's just I don't know, man. It's almost like it's it's kind of I imagine for you, like it kind of feels like almost like the culmination of like why you did all this in the first place. A hundred percent. Like to impact a brewery that you care about. I don't know, like whether it's like you know collabing with them or hooking up a collab or just connecting them and knowing that like, hey, like I mean, we for a lot, yeah. Yeah, it does, right? Like, just I, just the fact that like so many people got excited about it, I think that says so much. Um, so I mean, even you know, I got to tell exclusive stories. So like people in Rochester, like they know like what I've helped help build and develop, and that's really rewarding. I keep that think that's my primary word of the night: rewarding. rewarding. Um, <laughs> but you know, you know, I want to I want to remain humble. Um, but you know, I worked hard to 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 develop those connections and to put myself in a position where I could help, um, you know, to help foster some of these connections and to get people, you know, talking together that you might not be, might not think would be talking to better talking together rather. Um, I think I'm starting to feel the double IPA after, you know, as I was drinking the, the drinking the, the triple IPA as, as, <laughs> as the sidecar. Cause you know, kind of moron does that on a work night. You know um, what? Yeah. Will yeah. does. God damn it. That you are yeah. the mayor of Rochester beer, really? Maybe that's the episode. No, no, no it's no. it's definitely Dean. Trust me. Okay, but okay. yeah, um, the or, or a gentleman named yeah, that works. Or a guy like uh, there's a, a brewery that's in Rochester called Three Heads um, that yeah. makes really really great beer. They, you, you'd like them. You have to check them out next time you're in town. But yes. just makes really great stuff across a wide range of styles. And um, but what what makes them awesome is they're just really really like affordably priced. Like you can get a really quality great six pack of one of their IPAs for 12 bucks, um, 12 bucks American. And, um, yeah, just, but, but really, really, really good stuff. That's, you know, should be a fridge staple for a lot of craft fans in Rochester just because, you know, it's not a $25 four pack of something. Um, and you know, there's a place for that cause they're making beer on a bigger scale. You know, they're making, you know, a beer in a big 30 barrel system and, you know, pumping seven, seven, 8,000 barrels out, you know, not huge by craft standards, but big by Rochester standards. But, um, one of their owners is a guy named Jeff Dale, um, who is Jeff with a G, which I always appreciate because my dad is also Jeff with a G, Jeff G Cleveland. Off. And yes. yep, exactly. You know, the, the true English way to spell it. <laughs> yeah, the true English way to spell it, right? Um, but he's 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 really, I'm, as I'm rambling, but he's really one of like the, the figureheads of, of Rochester Craft 
has been responsible for a lot of um, the stuff we've seen in this kind of second wave of roster craft beer we've seen since 2010 that kind of aligns with a lot of the law changes in the state um, that, you know, say what you want about our former governor, Andrew Cuomo. You know, he's a, he's a goddamn pervert, but he did Cuomo a lot of – from um, Rochester. No, 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 oh, no, no. the he's, New York he's, governor. governor. Sorry, governor of state. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah, kidding. I'm yeah, kidding. Yeah, yeah. You're sorry, good. Sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> but he did a lot of a lot of great stuff for uh, craft beverages in Rochester. Or, sorry, in the state um, with a number of different state law changes that made it much easier for breweries to open. That's why you've seen just a huge explosion of Rochester, of Rochester beer, but also statewide beer. I mean, we have 25, 26 breweries in Monroe County itself. I think we have 13 or 14 just in the city of Rochester. And then, you know, I think we're past 520, I think, in New York State now, um, with those last number I saw, which makes us the um, second most breweries by state um, by behind California, which is well over 800. So we're not going to catch them anytime soon. But, um, you know, obviously the huge population out there. But um, it's awesome. And, you know, and other halves had a lot to do with that in New York City, which was kind of a, a beer wasteland, you know, besides like Brooklyn Brewery. Um, yeah. And just, but you've seen a lot of these, you know, other F now turning nine, but all this, all this growth has happened in the last 10, 12 years. Mm. And, and Jeff Dale from Three Heads has, has been a big figure in that. I hope you can hear my cats moaning in the background, but yeah. I can't hear them, but uh, I would love to hear them. Okay, that's sick, dude. Yes. Like, yeah. okay, this is, this is fascinating to get this sort of perspective. Yes. I mean, I've, I only started going back to New York. I was, uh, um, what's the word? Like I guess trapped for for some time because of immigration, so I only started yeah. traveling again at the end of 2016. I had maybe four years right. where I was sort of stuck, so I didn't really get to explore right. it. And uh, yeah. New York City, you know, I really got to sort of tap, you know, like obviously a other half Brooklyn Brewery threes, fucking you know equilibrium yeah. and well, Greenpoint so and and blah blah blah. There's like there's so much stuff there, and they, like I feel like that was sort of like the the beginning of it, and it's like. The you mentioned the second wave started around 2010. Would you say that there was to me the second wave in Rochester, anyways, was for that? Okay, would you say that was there a third wave around the time that the Finger Lakes other half kind of opened? Because from what I saw, and when I say I saw, meaning that I traded with you and Jared, um, and got to experience a little bit more of beer from the region, it was like with other half coming in. Then I got to see about Swiftwater. I got to see uh, Fifth Frame. I got to see all these sort of breweries that you guys would give me. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is exceptional. And I didn't realize. Like, it feels like there was like a – and obviously, of course, my trip there two weeks ago was exactly that. Like, nothing short of exceptional. And I didn't – excuse me know a lot about Mortalis and you know, I did a trade with Jared and then we had Mortalis on the podcast with Josh and, and Jared on there and it was oh nice very very cool to to learn about their stuff you know they're the smoothie lords and yeah. their stouts are exceptional and you know their crispies are yeah. fantastic and their haze is great so like yeah they've learning- really expanded their 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 variety which has been fun to watch yeah man like really and even the breweries definitely like sort of not what I expected too which we're going to talk about no. next once we get into the next. Yeah, we will for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, it felt to me like there was this whole other wave. So maybe there was the original wave, which is probably the Genesee type of thing, and then the 2010 second wave with like Rollback and the other brews that you were talking so, about and Three Heads, and then now the new one. So I look at I look at Rochester beer and kind of in terms of 
um, the the first wave of because after you know Genesee opened in 1970 or sorry 1878 yes. and then then they were insane. one of the few places one of the few places that opened after uh, post prohibition um, but after 1970 every brewery had, had closed in, in in Rochester and the only brewery that existed you know from 1970 to 1991 was Genesee um, Rohrbach is is and and its founder John Erlob. Um, it was really the only um, craft presence in Rochester for a seven-year period because there was another brewery that opened uh, up in 1998 um, just south of Rochester called Custom Brewcrafters, CBs, um, that has since closed. They were open for 21 years, but they closed uh, right before that pandemic um, okay. in August, September era, era of 2019-ish. Um, so I, so I consider like Rohrbach and CBs to kind of be this, this, the first wave of, of craft beer, um, okay. just because there was such a dead period between Genesee and whatever opened, um, you know, in the nineties, um, we know we had some other smaller places that opened up in the early two thousands, but none of them lasted very long. Um, there was empire brewing. There was a place called brew, which was BRU. Um, there was another place, um, called flower city brewing, um, that was actually an extract brewery that was only around from like 2004 to 2006, I believe. Um, and then, but Rochester didn't really kind of experience this big craft beer boom up until 2010, um, when we had three places that opened. Um, Rock Brewing was the original that opened in the city. So John Mervine, who you met, who you've met um, through Fifth Frame, was one of the founders of Rock Brewing, along with Chris Spinelli. The- friends at the Rochester Institute, of, Rochester Institute of Technology. Jesus, we'll have another beer. Um, uh, <laughs> all right, more. all right, all right. Yeah, I know I'm going to. Um, RIT. Um, they, were, okay. they were college buddies um, that opened um, a brewery um, when they were in their early to mid-20s, um, you know, on a really small, almost homebrew-like scale. And they opened in 2010, 2011. And then the other places that opened were Three Heads was 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 started as like a contract brewery through CBs, um, through Custom Brewcrafters, um, built a ton of equity, did a lot of crazy events um, in their brand before they opened their own brewery in 2016, which is still um, Rochester's biggest craft brewery because um, they have a big 30-barrel system with, you know, gigantic 90-barrel fermenters and, you know, a 20,000-square-foot space. They're big on live music. And then the third one that opened was uh, Naked Dove, which opened down in Canandaigua. Um, next time we get you into Rochester, we got to explore the Finger Lakes and kind of like the northern um, Ontario County scene there because there's some really cool spots in Canada. Well, like for Quantum and um, Young Lion and Noble Shepherd and um, Reinvention, some really cool little spaces I think you'll dig. Uh, especially like for Quantum because they do like the, the fruity stuff really well. They make incredible hazy IPAs, um, great stouts, but they, what, what really separates them is uh, they make incredible lagers. Probably, I would argue, maybe the best craft lagers in this area. Um, and and Jared, Jared, would, Jared would surely be in there, I think. Um, I got but some, some really. Cool. I have a Mazen from them and I have a smoothie yeah. from them. Did you give me one of nice. those two? I gave you the smoothie. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so I'm excited. Jared probably and gave you the Marzen. Yeah, was it that did that? And um, Greg from Counterpart yeah. specifically mentioned for Quentin to me like three times. Like, did you go nice. there to get out there? Did you get some of this stuff? I'm like, I've got a couple of their yeah. things in the fridge. I'm excited. He's like, all right, make sure uh, you get them. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, all right cool, right. cool, cool, cool. Um, so that was like really like the the second wave of Rochester craft beer was around this 2010 era. And it okay. really aligned with a lot of law changes at the state level. Uh, specifically, there was this Farm Brewery Act that was passed in 2012. And then in 2014, there was the Craft Act, which was the law that made it 
So the state law that made it so they could sell uh, breweries only used to be able to offer samples in their tap rooms. But in 2014, they were finally able to pull four full pints in their tap rooms. Um, so, you know, right. Um, but not, not quite as bad, but, uh, not quite as bad, yeah. so yeah. Um, and that's, that's really what has really kickstarted a lot of the growth of Rocher. And I kind of consider all of that the second wave. So I'm not sure if I would classify it as a third wave. Uh, maybe the third wave would be like post COVID. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not actually sure. Um, but that's where we've seen a lot of the growth is because a lot of those state law changes, um, there's been more public money that's been available to help, you know, grant money that's been able to help um, some of these places open. And, you know, you've seen a lot of breweries that have kind of taken this hyper-local focus and really become places where, um, you know, instead of like the neighborhood dive bar or, you know, the neighborhood local, the neighborhood pub, it's been breweries where people are hanging out Um, because that's Mm -hmm. where, you know, these breweries are small. So they're making enough beer to supply their tap room and, you know, accounts that are within 10, 12 miles of their tap room and, um, you know, limited distro. Right. Okay. All right. That's really like, that's a great picture that you said the painting right there. So it's sort of like essentially really in the last few years, like things have really started to aggressively change. Uh, I think yeah. we met at Tapper Mallet. I, if I'm not mistaken, it was December, 2018 and Tapper yes. Mallet was a pub in the area that had, uh, you know, we just, I was cruising through, we ended up staying in Rochester that night. We were planning, we were staying in Niagara on the Lake and we were like, yeah. oh, let's drive yeah. back to uh, Montreal through upstate. And there was like a snowstorm. Yeah. So we went to Buffalo, yeah. then we went to Rochester to meet you. And then we were like, oh, this is kind of bad. We probably can't make it back. Let's just stay overnight. Yes. And, um, we, we also got to, after it. Yep. Oh, yeah, we did. We went to Tap and Mallet. I remember I crushed a whole bunch of other half there, which I was very impressed yep. with. Like the, the, the tap list was fantastic. The vibe was like it was, it was weird because it was like an old English pub, but with yeah. incredible I mean, it's, modern it's, craft beer on tap. Yeah, but it's um, Joe McBain, the owner there, is, is from Sheffield in the UK. Um, because there's this really cool pioneering um, pub that's in Rochester called the Old Toad, um, where they had this partnership with the university over in Sheffield, where they would bring over like hospitality students from the university in Sheffield every year, and then like so part of as part of the program they would get like real life experience working in this pub in, in the U.S. Um, but a lot of those folks actually end up staying in the U.S. Um, like gotcha. one of them's. Adam Keith is the head brewer at, at K2, the one I was talking about with their Wild Ales earlier. Um, there's Jules and Rob, who work for one of the local distributors, but Joe um, came over to work here in, in 2000 and just never left. And I was a U.S. citizen, but he was responsible for, um, you know, just a, a towering, pioneering figure in Russia beer because he, you know, opened this place that was, you know, about, about curation and, and just great, great pub food. Um, I'm still Mr. Cuban sandwich all the time. Um, you know, stuff like that. So, um, and then Joe was the original, um, the original, um, presenter slash curator, if you want to call it, for the Rochester World Beer Expo, which we'll talk about in a second, I'm sure. Um, but we should, yeah, we're, yeah, we're, I think we're, we're, we're yammering. We, we are, but that's okay, because uh, that's what happens when you drink yeah. a bunch of beer and you talk yeah, shit for hours. I, I knew this was going to uh, get exciting. So, the uh, fourth beer that we chose um, was, uh, I want to make sure that we represented for more tiles, which has become one of my favorite brews oh, yeah, you got uh, in New York State, period. Uh, also, big shout yes. to Jared for this one. So this is—I uh, I imagine we have the exact same one because I—I like looked it up. I didn't. We do. You—you you told me what you were gonna get, and then okay. I went to the Mortalis has a uh, tap room 
um, in the city of Rochester now the called Richmond. the Richmond, um, where I can go and get like a mixed four pack of stuff. But yeah, so I grabbed one of their smoothies, and I love this series because they just they just do such weird, cool stuff. I mean, it's just Super the flavor cool. comes they come up with, and um, I'm just it's it's amazing like what they do, really. Yeah, they have some you want to talk them through the beer? Oh, well, let's yes. talk. Th- I mean, this one, so Gemini, so uh, Mortalis are known for, they're in Avon, New York, so it's a little bit south of, about 30 minutes th- south of Rochester. Yeah. They have, um, their smoothies are just disgusting. I didn't even know what they do. I've never tasted yeah. smoothies like this in my entire life. Nothing tastes like this. This particular one uh, has strawberry, tangerine, and waffle cone. It's 7%. <laughs> um, when I first did the trade, so of course with Jared, it does. Of course it does, because it fucking course it does. Yeah. I remember saying yeah. to him, because it took a little bit. Like I sent them to him, but he wasn't really used to trading, so he took a while to send them back. Yeah. And he was like, "Sorry, man, I'm really shit with this. It's all good." But yeah, it's cool, man. I go, I'm at because he told me he was giving me smoothies, and I was like, "Well, those smoothies are probably gonna die, like be dead soon, eh?" And he was like, "No, no, no, it's good, it's good, it's good." And I thought he He's was kind of, up. I thought he was full of shit because smoothies inherently. Uh, seem to have a you know shorter lifespan. Um, yeah, you know, but these did not. He sent me smoothies. I swear to God, bro, that were like a year old and they tasted like oh, yeah. they were made two weeks ago. It was crazy. Yeah, um, it's it's I, like I, you would not. I mean, this is around the can. Obviously, keep cold, drink fresh, don't age. But of course. like I've 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 put years on I've put like months on Martellus beers and they they hold up, it's it's pretty pretty remarkable honestly. I, it's extraordinarily remarkable. I I, even, I don't know what they do. I don't understand what they do in here. Um, I I couldn't tell you. It's wild. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean Jared and Josh could could speak to that. Yes, a lot more. But it, it it's just God. super cool to see. So vibrant. So Tangerine pops, strawberry so good. Pick yeah, the waffle cone on the finish. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm 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 speeding ahead of you there. No, no, do it, do it. I got to do the content, bro. So yeah. I'm uh, I'm doing yeah. the content, and then I'm yeah. I'm gonna talk yeah. it through it. It's yeah. Um, you're gonna tag me in your own tap post. I'll cheers it, and then we'll talk about the beer. <laughs> yes. I I normally didn't do that, but I started doing the untap thing just while during the podcast because it saved me doing it. Like, yeah. You know, because it's always you're like machine, a whole thing. man. I I'm trying to I'm just trying to keep up with it. So first of all, bro, cheers. This is uh, I'm loving this. This is great. Cheers, brother. Yeah, I mean, look at that. For, look at that color. Yeah, mm. cheers. I uh, I froze because my camera died, so I'm gonna swap out the battery real quick. Um, no worries. Look at that. The laptop for now. But okay, so this one, like I said, tangerine, strawberry, waffle cone, exactly how you described, like. You can get you. I feel like with whatever they have in the beers, you can always get all of the flavors. Yeah, um, exactly. I don't know how many Canadian uh, smoothies that you've you've had, but I find that the Canadian ones are less sweet than okay the American ones. Uh, I'm not saying that okay. in a like a, in a judgment call. It's just it's something no it's no something I've I've noticed. Just something you picked up stylistically. Yeah. And I said, because I, I have my, my friend Nathan's, uh, he co-hosts a lot of the podcasts with me. He's in Ottawa. Yeah. So I yeah. split a bunch of the beers, like the four packs. I got a four pack of the Bath Bomb, the uh, the sour, the fruit of yeah. sours from Fifth Frame. Yeah. And uh, I got that, opened it up. So I split that with him. And because Jared was so generous and gave me like a case of Mortalis, it was like two, three of some of the nice. beers. So I, I threw a bunch of those in for him. And I was like, bro, you're going to lose your fucking mind because you've never, <laughs> ever had 
a smoothie like this before. They're just the most unique things that I've ever tasted. It's like, yeah. I don't even really know how to describe. Ha have you had any of the Canadian stuff, like from Brewski, from Masorum, from uh, Bellwoods? Um, I've, had a, I've, I've had a few from Masorum. I've had one or two from Bellwoods. Um, I've had, what's the 10W40, whatever the series from, is it Rorsch? No, it's not Rorschach. It's, uh, there's Rorschach has some. Shit. Yeah, but no, there's, oh, um, um, not Small Pony. Small Pony, yes. Yeah. With the Ikea. Yeah, I've had a few of those. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So those are very unique because they're barrel-aged. The beer is like barrel-aged yeah. golden ale. So that's super yeah. unique. And no, he I'm, also pasteurizes yeah. them, which is, which is rare. Right. Bellwoods are pretty new to them. They did like three or four variants yep. and then kind of repeated those. Yeah. They did a really good job. Rorschach are underrated as fuck. Like Rorschach do some phenomenal yeah, stuff. They Rassorm, truly are. Yeah, smoothies are fire. Brewski started it in Canada. If I haven't I'm had not, any Brewski. Okay. Oh, fuck. I don't really get them very often, obviously, because they're in Montreal now. But um, yeah. nice. they are exceptional with what they do. And obviously Third Moon with their Epoch series. Um, I know that yeah. Counterpart does smoothies. I actually haven't had any Counterpart smoothies yet. But the Canadian ones... I've noticed are just so different. And I haven't had that many American ones. I had Trillium. I had Mortalis okay. ones. I got the Frequentum in the fridge, which I haven't had yeah, yet. Yeah, I'm excited to see what you think of that one. I, yeah. I was amped. It's I, a little, little less sweet than this one. It. Sweeter? No, yeah. less sweet, I would less think. Less sweet, okay. I would say. I just love the, the fruit combo I got you. It's mango, tangerine. I just think it's just a, such a great fruit combo. That sounds amazing. It sounds delicious. Yeah. I'm excited. I, I just, yeah. I, I'm a big smoothie well, fan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mortalis is the you king, too? though. They're, um, they're just exceptional. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what they're doing to make it, one, last so damn long, but two, like, it's almost like the sweetness is their secret weapon. Like, the sweetness is what allows <laughs> them to, like, last so long, but it's not so, like, it's, I notice that it's, like, everything in America is sweeter than it is in Canada, as you probably <laughs> are aware whether it's chocolate yeah, yeah. or just, you know, whatever. Sure. Any little thing. There's always more sugar and stuff in American food or corn, high fructose corn syrup, whatever, right? Shocking. Shocking, yeah. right? Is what it is. We know the vibes. But yeah. this is sweeter, but it's it's just so delicious. Like, I just, it's I just like, never had... I just want to take... Yeah, it. I just want to take big gulps it. of this. Yes. I want to bathe in it. And it's 7%. It tastes mm. 2%. Right, exactly. Yeah. Mm. But I mean, that's three sips and I'm almost done with my glass. It's <laughs> you're a beast. I love it so much. Um yes. and, and even this one with waffle cone, like what do they even do? Do they put waffles in it? It says and waffle I think cone they're, natural flavor. Like they're like legitimately putting waffle waffle cones in this beer, but they do be like what what's really cool, I mean I'm sure Jared could speak to this better than I can, but I've seen them like when they're like making a beer with like cheesecake or something, they'll like use like deconstructed ingredients. Like they'll slowly use like, here's the, here's the cream cheese. Here's the, the graham cracker crust part, you know, or st stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so they, they do a really cool job of like, like constructing what they're using by like using the components of that. Which makes sense. So that, that really like makes the flavor translate. So I'm not sure like what they would do for waffle cone. I'm not sure if it was, mm. if it's like, you know, waffle cones, they go unbought at Wegmans or um, if it's, you know, 
if there's like a touch of vanilla or something that you might get in the waffle or, or I don't know, whatever. I mean, but just, just uh, incredibly weird, cool shit like that. Um, like I just remember interviewing them, you know, almost five years ago when they were talking about like what they wanted to do. They were talking about like they wanted to bring like that line culture, like the hype worthy beers to Rochester. And that's that's precisely what they've done because they've, you know, collab with everyone across the country. I mean, actually internationally, because they just uh, a few weeks ago released a, a beer with Omnipolo, um, which I probably mispronounced. But, you know, this the Swedish giant that, you know, might be responsible for, you know, introducing the world to smoothie beers. Um and okay. just so they've they, exactly so I mean truly like you know like an iconic brand um, and and Mortalis did a, a Hydra one of their fruited sours but it was with like with chocolate and banana and like a bunch of other weird shit but it like all translated you picked up all the flavors like you said um, just just they've they've done what they what they set out to do and um you know they were one of the places that during the pandemic they expanded like you know they took out their tasting room and added more fermenters and a canning line and a centrifuge and like all this crazy stuff like so they've invested in their brand um during all of this and it's been really kind of cool and inspiring to watch them um do what they've done to really um just continue to do this kind of stuff but that also really um, expanded the variety because they have an 8-bit series, you know, like 8-bit video game type thing yeah, where they've done like crispy. cream ales. And I mean, you've had, you've had Jared's cream ale there, um, you know, where they, yeah, exactly. Do you tell um, you why, yeah, why it's we, called Hector? Yeah, we don't, we don't need to talk about that. But um, I, I, I remember trying that and I'm just like, I didn't need to know that, but let's, let's, uh, this is a family friendly podcast. He said it like really. four, but, <laughs> no, like, yeah. he said like four times in front of everybody. I'm like, Jared, like, he's yeah. lit by that point. <laughs> yeah. He's very, we'll very proud of that. He's, yeah. Yeah. We're good. We'll, 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 if you run into Jared Cooper, you can just ask him why that beer is called Hector. Yeah. Um, that's him. not my, that's look not, him in the that's eyes. That's not my story. Yeah. <laughs> Your yeah. story to tell us. Deep in the eyes. Enough. Deep in the eyes. And look, yeah, that's, why is that being yeah. called Hector, yeah. Jared? Yeah. Why? Um, Tell me. God damn it, Jared. Jared. Um, <laughs> we should get him on. He's originally on such, <laughs> such a good dude. But um, he's the best. Yeah, but I mean, they've they've really expanded like their traditional offerings too, and they've done a really cool job. Like I had a Doppelbach from them. I've had a Italian Pilsner. I've had a Rice Lager. Like I mean, just just really kind of expanded their offerings and their hops. Have, I don't think I've ever been better. Um, I think they learned quite a bit from some of the crazy collabs they do, you know, with whatever brewery they're working with, you know, they pick up tips and, and, and hints and, and stuff like that. So, um, just, uh, really cool to see like what they've, what they've brought to the Rochester beer scene, but also like how much their brand has expanded and, and like gained this notoriety, um, not only across the country, but you know, across the world. I couldn't agree more, man. It's just, it's impeccable. They're just such a dope brewery. I'm such a big fan, and I, I hadn't like I, I was mildly aware of them, and because I knew Jared before he worked there. Yeah, exactly. And it was it was super cool to know that you know when he was working, I was like, oh okay, this guy's all right, cool. And he was, I'd heard about them. I heard that you know started to hear on the hype, and just you know, they just really owned the space, and it was really cool. Like you said, I feel like them plus other half being in the area was just like. I don't know, really important to the scene, it feels like for me. Like Absolutely. They 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 really brought something to the landscape that that was different and necessary. And I know like I had a couple of other half smoothies and I'd never even seen other half do smoothies before. 
And then now, uh, you know, yeah. I wonder if that was because, you know, they knew that there was in Rochester, they got people like Mortalis that are just doing A1 shit. Maybe. I, I mean, I, it's probably not a coincidence. Let's put it that way. Mm. Mm. It's just like, yeah. it's just glory. Fuck, it's good. It's just like, man, I've been getting a lot of more heartburn recently because since coming back, I got so many smoothies and I hadn't really drank as many smoothies <laughs> prior. And I forgot that it kind of like all that fruit kind of like hits you like that. It's glorious. <laughs> I don't mind. Pet the abysmal all day. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, it's really cool. It's I feel like the, it's such a rounded scene out there that I feel like whatever you're into, yes. whether it's a simple cream ale from Genesee, whether it's like one of the glorious Luca pours from Fifth Frame right downtown Rochester, perfect yep, exactly. location. Whether it's, you know, if you want some high pays, if you want to take a trip out to Finger Lakes. We did it in the evening because it was like a day thing, but next time we go, I want to – Sort of like check, like you said, like Canadagua, is this what it's called? Did I pronounce that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, get um, down there. And it's only it's at, only about ten minutes from uh, other half's location too. Okay, so perfect. I mean it's right there. And there's a whole bunch of stuff there, Frequentum and, and now Mortalis yeah. and stuff. There's just so much like yeah. incredible stuff. You'd love happening. rising you'd love rising storm. Like there's so many You gave cool me one of their beers, little, one of the stouts, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um yeah, so, one of the yeah, Imperial it's called Private Stock. It's just, uh, but it's a nice eight percenter, but it's got a lot of fun adjuncts with sandwich cookies and some other stuff. But it's just really done well, and they're expanding with the second location, Roger too, because um, they're there's there's six minutes from uh, Mortalis down in Avon, but uh, Rising Storms in Livonia, but just does a great job, and also a, an, another just great group of dudes. Hell yeah, man! I mean, like it's just—I yeah. feel like there's just so much happening out there. Like I like for you know, particularly for folks who are based in southwestern Ontario, from sort of Toronto onwards, like you know anywhere around there. Like you know, the border is a quick jump away, um, and there's just yep. so much happening. And this is not even—we're not even talking about Buffalo. And Buffalo's got a bunch of stuff happening. We're really just focusing on Rochester. Buffalo's today. great today. Buffalo's was yes. killer. Um, I heard after we left, there was a brewery called Froth, which would have been up my alley. A um, bunch of cool yep. smoothies and haze and stuff, which I had. Very, more, very Mortalis-like. Yeah. Which is great. So I didn't yeah. get to check Kind of like those. the Buffalo version of Mortalis. Yeah. I mean, like. It yeah, they do a, a series of. Hey, they do a series of fruited beers called Liquid Lollipops. That's so sick. What a cool name. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so dope, man. It's, it's just like. Like, is it exciting? Like, to me, being that I'm here like i just i don't know it's fucking exciting bro like it makes me like you can look at it this way right like when i lived in montreal we were 45 minutes from the border and then like i guess it's like another hour to burlington from there so less than two hours you yeah. maybe including the border fuck around it's about two hours um yeah door to door to burlington which is one of the greatest cities in america the most underrated Oops. city in america too um now that I love Vermont with every single part of me. If I could buy a house and have a second place in the States, it would probably be there. When we moved here, one of the, the number, like before we left, we, Tiff and I are very pragmatic and very logical. So we made like a pros and cons list of staying and leaving Montreal before we decided to, to move out here. And the number one con for moving, Mont for moving from Montreal to me was the proximity to Vermont. So whilst I'd been to Rochester and, and hung out with you at Tapa Mallet and I've been to Buffalo uh, a couple of times previously, 
at, at the time back then, it wasn't where it's at now. And mm-hmm. now that we're here in Hamilton and we're, you know, an, less than an hour from the border and then there's a quick jump if you go on the 90, the 90, correct? The 90 is the highway? Yeah, throughway, 90. Yep. By the way, you you guys changed everything. So we just really quickly mentioned when we were in fifth frame, we were all hanging out. Tiff and I mentioned that Trader Joe's was our main thing and we were disappointed because we couldn't find Shake Shack and you were like, there's one on the throughway," And we were like, are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? We went on Sunday, by the way. And William, nice. I have to tell you, we were driving past, it was one about 20 minutes from there that was being constructed still going towards um, yes. w- Waterloo where it was because we saw yep. the sign, but then we saw all the construction. We're like, okay, it's not ready yet. We went there. The line was massive. Um, I'm a very big fan of, uh, I know Kanye West right now isn't everyone's favorite, but Yeezy's, Yeezy's probably like my favorite brand. If, uh, if I just turn my camera there, I have a whole wall of Yeezy's. It's my favorite mm-hmm. thing. And probably like seven people in, I never see anybody wearing Yeezy's. There was like seven people in line on a fucking restaurant no sure. throughway wearing Yeezys. I've never seen it. I've never been around more than one other person That's wearing Yeezys in my life. And the other, and the Shake Shack was so deeply perfect. Every ex, every part of the experience, <laughs> I can't express, Will. Like, dude, like we were hungover as fuck after Saturday. We went on the Sunday. We just got yeah. up and left. Jared, we were gonna, supposed to meet them at the Arundacoit uh, Brewery for brunch. And they were like, oh, man, we're going to be yeah. like, no problem. We're fucked too. It's okay. So we just yeah. packed up the car and went went to um, Glen Edith for a coffee, which is a place that yeah. uh, he rep- uh, recommended, which was beautiful, beautiful neighborhood, whatever that was. Yeah, was definitely. Gorgeous. And then we went straight down to the throughway because you mentioned I didn't know what a throughway. I didn't know what you meant by a throughway. I'm like, oh, it's just a highway with a fucking in here yeah, they yeah. call it on routes, like Ontario right. route. So it's just like a, a right. corporate rest stop that happened. The four hundred one, the four hundred seven, yeah, exactly. And the. Everything about it was perfect. The burgers were perfect. The fries, <laughs> all of it were just perfectly fresh and, and shake shack fries. And, yeah. And, and and we got the one with the cheese and the and the bacon. And then we had the little had the root bitter from Abita and the root beer with uh, it was just one of them. And we just sat in the car because we had the dog with us and it was busy yeah. inside and stuff. Yeah. And it was just it was the most serene, glorious experience and way to wrap up. And then we drove straight from there to Trader Joe's in Buffalo and went shopping and bought yeah. a whole bunch of shit and then went right back to Canada. And it was just – so thank you. I want to thank you again for that. It was glorious. Glorious doesn't even cut it. Yeah. It was spectacular and my soul feels full because of that. So thank you because – I didn't awesome. expect the trip was so perfect. We went to multiple other half. Really, if I went to other half Trader Joe's and uh, and Shake Shack, it's not even like it doesn't even come close. Well, to it. I'm I still feel I'm still like glowing off that Shake Shack experience. Um, why are we talking about Shake Shack? So I guess we're kind of lit now. That's all right. It, I, was it I was rambling. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to thank you it's, because you mentioned the three way when we're at not concerned. We're talking just, about it's a miracle. I'm still awake. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got a kid. You're an early person. Okay. Um, it's all good. Well, my my wife and I swap days or we um, we alternate days. So every so other funny. day, it's my day to get up with them. And then um, magically, I didn't switch my days. So I have to get up with them tomorrow, but we'll make it work. Oh. I'm not concerned. 
how it's early Friday. Is early? Like six a.m. It'll be Friday. Uh, it'll be between five thirty and like six fifteen, oh. probably. It's all I'm, good. I'm, He's I worth apologize. it. I respect that. Don't I respect don't him. don't apologize. It's all it's all worth it. It's all good. I appreciate that really, really well. I think what I was trying to say was just like, it's just such a dope part of the world. And I'm so grateful that it's my new second home type of thing. It's new backyard, man. It's my new backyard. They have everything I want. There's going to be multiple uh, Shake Shacks because that company bought all of the 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 roadside the road the rest stops yep just like we're actually going to get one um we're going to get one in uh, Rochester actually it's not going to be on the thruway there's going to be one in uh, Henrietta which is like just north of the thruway because we almost got to tell them okay a Shake Shack yeah yeah so yep there's going to be a Shake Shack there so you won't even have to get on the on the you know the tolls the toll road there you'll be able to just once you get off you'll be able to yeah, it's it's like you know, there's Chick Fil A. There's a whole bunch of different stuff out there. Uh, we, we went, oh, we went to Chick Fil A on the way back from Russia, uh, from uh, other half because they didn't have any food there. Because by the time we got there, the food had wrapped up. But um, oh man, it, it, so it was it was great. It was fantastic as well. Because Chick Fil A, we had it here. We have it in Canada now, but it was like really salty and weird. And then we had it there, and it was glorious. So, <laughs> yeah, um, either it. way, yeah, I'm just such a fan of the region. I feel like you're such a great ambassador for Rochester Craft That's the goal. And, and everything about appreciate that, bro. That. And I, I appreciate you, and I feel like we. And I had such a great experience there, as I expected to. And I, I can't, I can't fucking wait to get back. So it's, you know, I feel like what we've done tonight is really go through, you know, what's happening out there. There's so much stuff happening. It's like whatever you're into in craft beer, there's something for you. I don't know if you want to even yeah. speak to that. There's, like whatever you're into, if you're into like crispies, if you're into smoothies, you're into haze, oh, if you're into pastry stuff. We have everything. Everything, but at yeah. like a world class quality. It's not just like, oh yeah, they're okay. No, motherfucker. Like, no, we've it's, got it's other good half, places. Got, like, there's some like crazy shit happening. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome, um, and it's just all been like. I mean, even I mean, Toronto's beer growth and Ontario kind of mirrors the same thing. It's like we were kind of like late adopters to all of this because you see like Denver and San Diego and Portland, Oregon or Portland, Maine or whatever. You know, all these places that have had like you know twenty twenty five year histories with all this craft beer and then you see Ross shirts everything is really kicked off in the last 12 years and buffalo has been the same way mm. um you know toronto's really been the same way it's you know there was obviously a history of, of stuff but bellwood's kind of i think kind of gave that scene a jump start um Absolutely. you know it's you know and and, and and things like that and hamilton's been the same way um you know in, in southern ontario and buffalo and it, all of it. it's it's been really cool to to not only get to chronicle that, but also just to experience it. Um, but Rochester's really been a, a late adopter, but we're like catching up and it's really kind of like turned into not only like a regional beer destination, but you see like people like planning out trips so they can come to the Finger Lakes and like enjoy, enjoy like, you know, I think whether they're, I can't even, I can't even tell you how many breweries there are in the Finger Lakes, but you know, with, with, you know, within an hour of downtown Rochester where I work, um, you know, we have, I, I counted it as 68 breweries, which is just nuts. Um, you know, cause I did a ballot for the, the beer festival that I'm organizing there, the Rochester, uh, real beer expo that I'm curating for. Uh, yeah, we can, we can sneak that in. Um, so that's, it's, we were talking about Joe McBain earlier. Um, you know, the type of mallet 
God, just like one of the one of the coolest people um, I've ever met, but just one of the monumental like Mount Rushmore figures of Rochester craft beer because he just did so much to introduce Rochester to you know, like so many different incredible breweries. Like you know, he was like the first time you ever saw Suarez Family Brewery pouring Rochester was was it was at Joe's place. You know, like he would just travel and just and bring back all these amazing like world class beers that Rochester had hadn't gotten to experience. But um, for for 10 years, he organized um, this festival called the Rochester World Beer Expo, which used to be part of Rochester um, Craft Beer Week um, that no longer really exists. But the, the signature event, the Rochester Real Beer Expo, still still lives on. And um, Joe decided to step away from that. And then he recommended me to step in as curator um, through um, the Business Association of the South Wedge, which is uh, a really cool kind of hip bohemian neighborhood in Rochester um, it's their biggest fundraiser of the year, but he recommended that I take over as the uh, volunteer beer 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 curator. Um, so I've just been working my ass off since since January to kind of line up just like the sickest, weirdest, awesomest roster uh, beer festival you could ever possibly think of. And we've you know we've we're gonna have probably seventy places there. Um, we're gonna have like I, I shared shared with you the uh, the tentative beer list that I'm not ready to make public yet, but. Um, <laughs> You know, um, and you were like, this is amazing. So that, that, that told me everything I needed to know. But, um, yeah, you know, so we're going to have shit, like bro. 20, Fuck, yeah, it's we're going to so have 25 good. roster breweries, uh, 25 roster breweries. It's going to take place on June 10th, uh, but 25 roster breweries, um, another 40 to 45 places from outside of the market. So I think I'm going to have seven or eight from Buffalo, a few from Syracuse, some places from the Hudson Valley, uh, Albany, um, New York City. Um, some, you know, some cider, some kombucha, um, I'll have a bunch of places pouring in roster for the first time, um, lined up some places from Pittsburgh, Connecticut, New Hampshire. Um, I'll have, hopefully, um, pretty certain we'll have four places from Ontario. Uh, Bellwoods is confirmed. We'll have, um, hopefully counterpart. We'll have Godspeed. And then we'll also have uh, Blood Brothers, uh, which I'm just ecstatic about. Um, you know, there are a few, few other places I wanted to line up, but, um, you know, I know it's a pain in the ass to get over that border with beer. So we're going to make it work, but I'm ex- ecstatic that we're going to be able to feature uh, Counterpart, ho- hopefully for the first time ever um, in upstate New York. Um, you know, Godspeed already has distribution here uh, and, and Blood Brothers is soon to have distribution here, which is going to be just huge. I think they're going to crush it in this market, um, especially being so close to Rochester. Mm. Um, but just working really hard to kind of like not focus on like the legacy brands, you know, because people can, you know, they know what founders and bells and great lakes and uh, like all these legacy places, they know what they can do. But my goal was to find places from outside our market that have maybe never poured here or have like a small footprint here and just like feature them. And then also just have some great variety. Like, um, you know, we'll have some of my favorite lager breweries will be here. Um, working on some places from the Midwest. That I'm excited to make really great farmhouse beers, saisons, stuff like that. Um, we've got some stuff from the West coast working to find, uh, to touch base with, a uh, one of my favorite Hayes breweries that's out in California. Hopefully get some of their stuff here. So, I mean, just, just stuff like that. And, um, I'm just excited. We have a very healthy budget and we're going to, you know, pay these beers worth for their beer and just, uh, have, have a really good time on June 10th. And, uh, it's going to be really exciting. I'm really, really stoked. So June 10th is the date. Yep. Saturday, June 10th. Uh, yeah. VIP is, uh, starts at five o'clock. 
Um, and then uh, general mission starts at six, so VIP gets you extra hour of access and some other goodies. Um, tickets are available at rochesterrealbeer.com. Um, you can also find out more details. I'm releasing all the news uh, through the newsletter, which is clevelandprost.substack.com. Um, you'll also be able to find stuff on Twitter where I am active. Um, I'm at Will Cleveland 13 on there. Um, so yeah, just, uh, I'm excited and scared. You know, it's my first time doing a beer festival, but, um, just trying to, like I was saying earlier, just championing the stuff that I love and, um, trying to light on stuff that's cool and, uh, give people a new experience, you know, that there's, there's places that have been, you know, available on roster for decades, but I think it's just cool to, show a place that you know that's small but people end up be aware of but is making world-class beer on a tiny system you know five or six hours from here you know or something like that so that's kind of been my goal dude that's awesome man june 10th okay that was one of my main questions was when is this festival um yeah man i'm i feel like uh i'm gonna be around i want to come through for that like i'm not even into beer festivals as much as i used to be but like the yeah list i don't blame you, you with but, me is yeah you know what it's like because it's like I don't feel like it's the optimal well, situation to. It's exist. it's going to be nice, yeah. Well, it Sorry depends what you're trying to off. do. No, 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 not at all. Like, but it's the summer. You're in Rochester. There's a that lineup. Like, honestly, the lineup yeah. is the thing that like entices me, and I'm like, you know what? It's they're probably the reason like I I don't enjoy it as much. Maybe I go too hard and I get too excited, and I'm like, ah, yeah. oh, and then all of a sudden you fucking. What do you mean? You know, exactly, but we're gonna have a, a fair share of loggers, which I think is important. Um, Keeping it chill, and farmhouse like, stuff, so, so yeah, yeah. some some lower alcohol stuff. But you know, there's tons of parking where we're doing it. We're doing it at the baseball stadium for the first time ever. Um, we have the AAA baseball team here, um, the Rochester Red Wings, and it's gonna be nice too because you know you're not gonna have the you're not gonna screw on with porta potties because they have a ton of bathrooms. Yeah, um, everything's covered, so we're gonna be in the concourse with big tents too. Um, in case the weather's shitty, so you're not that worried about getting wet. There'll be live music and some other surprises. Um, it's it's going to be a really cool venue. I'm 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 excited that we were able to stay in the city of Rochester. We tried really hard to stay in the South Wedge neighborhood of Rochester. Just couldn't find like that suitable venue because they used to do it um, in the street outside of Tap Mallet. Um, mm. Tap Mallet closed, you know, at the end of end end of 2012 or sorry, 2011. Wow. 2021 there we um, go. it's not that it's not that complicated yeah we got there we got there it's been a lot of beers um, but don't worry about it yeah yeah um, you know it was an early morning it's gonna be an early morning no one's ever done a chaser yeah. with a triple IPA so I kind of feel like it's okay oh um, my my buddy just delivered some delicious fresh stuff from from Fiden so it was like I you know this beer was literally canned um, like two days ago, so I'm like, you know, come on, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta see where it's at. Height, height of freshness, right? So, um, yeah, uh, so yeah, that's the beer <laughs> festival. I'm excited, and you know, continuing to write at the newsletter. And uh, man, this is this has been a. I feel like I've just been rambling, but this has been such a fun conversation. No, this is this is not a ramble at all, bro. This is uh, this is pretty normal for this podcast. You know, we're we're consuming a bunch of beer in here, so it's okay. But I feel like no, you're not rambling at all because you're telling us about the festival, and I wanted to hear about it. Um, I'm I, I feel I'm gonna hit you. I'm gonna talk to you about it. Um, I'm excited to do it. I, yeah. I just I really appreciate that you even bothered to get four phenomenal Canadian breweries, like on top. Yeah, of I tried to get. Yeah. Just to showcase what people are, you yeah. know, what they're up to and stuff. And you got a nice you know, variety. I, I, 
I love Ontario beer. You know that. And, I, and I tried Thank to, you. I tried to get a few more. I didn't, didn't hear back from some of the places I was looking for, but that's what 2024 is for. So, cause I, we're already booked up for 2023. Um, and we'll okay. probably announce a beer list, at, beer list at the end of probably around March 10th. We'll announce a beer list, fire brewery list. Finally, um, just waiting to get like paperwork back from some of these breweries. But yeah, it was very important to me to to make sure we showcase you know stuff that's you know within two hours of Rochester because there's so much great stuff that's going on in Ontario. Right? But you know, hopefully, maybe next year we can get stuff like Matron or or like you know Third Moon or Badlands or or you know some of these places that I just or Willibald. You know, I mean, there's just so many cool places that I would love to. Uh, still, was it Stillfield? Still, the yep, former Stillfield. head brewer at Bell was there. Yeah, 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 I've heard nothing but great things about them. I haven't had any beer yet, uh, but just stuff like that I would love to uh, to showcase. But, you know, we'll start with this year, and then we'll figure out how to make it even better next year. I love it, bro. I think it's just it's super cool. It's very exciting. And you already kind of mentioned everything, but uh, we'll, we'll wrap this up here, then we'll finish up uh, off air. But was there anywhere else? So you mentioned that, you know, people can sign up for the Substack. Um, it was clevelandprost.substack.com. They can sign up. Yep. Prost, P R O S T. Yeah. Like, cheers. Um, yeah. I had a, a smart follower that came up with that on Twitter. So I was trying to figure out what the uh, name for I the like newsletter it. should be. And, and he, yeah, it worked out really well. And I had um, my buddy designed the logo, uh, Tony Walker, who actually does all of the labels for um, Fifth Frame and um, uh, for Quantum, actually, does all their beer labels. And he oh, was nice shit. enough to do like a, yeah, do a, a cool like newspaper looking logo for me. What a champion. Yeah, so. so make sure you follow right. Will, and it's at Cleveland Rock ROC on Instagram as well. Make sure you check out Will and uh, stay on top, man. Look, look, bro, honestly, I value you. I think you're a great human being, and I think what you're contributing to beer out there is is just impeccable, man. I just think you're, you're a stand-up dude, and, and you really care, and, and I just, I, I don't know, I, I think it's really sick. I've been, fo- like, I know we've known each other for, for quite a while now, yeah. I've been following. I know we haven't hung out as much because of the distance and stuff, but I, I'm very much on top of what you're doing. And I just, I just think you're, you just like, you just, I don't know, you're just a valuable human being in craft beer. And I just like, I feel like what you're contributing is so dope and to, to, to not only to Rochester, but beyond. And it really just goes, very to show, kind. you know, we have a lot of mutual friends and the way that people speak about we you. Do. In fact, I told Greg that I'm going to go see you and he's like, oh, come by. I got stuff for Will. You know, he's giving you, you know, straight away. And I was like, I was like, okay, yeah, for sure. And I wasn't even surprised. I was like, yeah, cool. Of course. Of course, you know, Will, first of all, because everyone so I know nice. that I mentioned your name to, they're like, yeah, I fucking knew Will. I'm like, of course you know. Um, you know what I mean? I just, I, I just think it's really dope, man. I appreciate you. And I, I like, I really, I look forward to doing that. I feel like we could do this more often. I know we'll talk off air about some other ideas that we have, but yeah, at the very like least, even if me and you checking in, if there's stuff happening, I would be honored to continue to have you back on and let's just talk about beer in the region and, and just continue to showcase, you know, even if it's like, a, you know, we, we do it, a, uh, you know, two, three times a year or something just to like check in what's happening in so- Rochester now, you know? What's going on? What's you know? Who are the breweries that we need to be checking out? Just letting people know because I know that we have a strong Ontario following and that people are going to just be zipping over the border, and we're coming into the first summer in three years where things have been fully open. And yeah, I'm I so excited people, to come back into Canada. Yeah, like you, it's time for to for everybody on that side to come back up here, and it's time for all the folks up here to zip back down there if they haven't already been doing that. So, particularly in the warmer weather. 
when things exactly. are beautiful. I've never been to Rochester when things are, I've been December and February. So like I'm excited <laughs> as shit to see it when things are green. You know, so um, yeah, man. I just, I just really appreciate you, and uh, I'm, I'm just, it's so sick. There's so many cool things you're doing, bro, and you're a legend, man. I, I appreciate you, and I'm excited. Thank you, man. I, I, it's, it's all mutual. You know that. It's nothing but love. Nothing but love, my brother. So hang on to this. I'll wrap up. Oh shit, we need to take a thumbnail. Let's take a thumbnail. I'm gonna take a screenshot. Do you want to hold Let's up some it. of the the cans? I can do that. I can only ever hold like a couple. Wish I had the the two fingers. Yes. Or oh, if you get those ones, I got these ones. Yes. Perfect. Boom. Beautiful. Right. There we go. All right. Ready? Oh, hang on. Don't block the face there. Great. I'm so bad with the skit. There we go. Hold on. There we Fucking go. Fucking A. There you there go. There we go. Ready? Close enough. <laughs> you gotta show that pretty face, buddy. Yeah, there it's go. all good. People know what this ugly ass face looks like. <laughs> I got it. All right, bro. Thank you again, everyone. Make sure you go follow Will everywhere. Um, guys, thank you so much for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up. Hit subscribe below. Hit the notification bell so you know when all the new videos drop. Follow us everywhere at BOS Podcast. Uh, we have content going out daily, essentially, across every platform. And um, check out the long-form audio, Spotify, Apple Podcast. If you enjoyed all of this hit five star even if you hit the five star rating just for will alone i i i appreciate it it helps us get found more in the algorithm and you beautiful people we'll see you in the next one get it in you